standing on a mountain in the loincloth being like, we're going to make it a little hard. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Shout out, shout out. No matter what I say, it draws controversy. Most indeed. Oh man! Get a grip! I don't even know what to say. Recalcitrant boomer. I also know a thing or two about cannabis. Your Honor, I would like to plead not guilty on the ground that Obama legalized weed. Wikipedia says weed is still illegal. Don't tell them we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean, late. Dance and move your legs around. That guy's probably a dancer. Oh, yeah, guilty as charged. And dancing around the bowl. It is November 21st, 2023, according to my calendar. And it's a Tuesday night. So that's right. It means you're listening to Bowl After Bowl. This one happens to be episode 283. And I happen to be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. And you're the bowler. Welcome back, bowler. Welcome back. Perfect timing. Come on in. Sheesh. Come on, bowler. Come on. Come on. How you doing? How you doing, bowler? Just wondering. Just curious. Let us know. Let us know in the chat. Let us know in the voicemail. Let us know. Here and there, let us know on the pews. We're 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 experiencing pews tonight. I must say, I must say you. My node is uh temp- temporarily out of soitis. Some node woes. Yes, I'm I'm fixing a node. More on that in a bit. Uh, but I'm fixing a node. Ain't we, that about a bitch? Sometimes it can be a bitch. Yes, sometimes it can be a bitch. Sometimes it can be a bitch. I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm seriously considering. I'm thinking about. Um, doing something different than raspy blitz maybe potentially whoa yeah i'm not sure and just dismantling the raspy blitz well if i can migrate it to different software i'm going to try to do that i don't know i don't know yet i don't know Mm, i don't know either it's not the easiest install on bare metal so far so far (laughs) so far the problem the real problem is that um the dudes that like do it are old linux heads and they write down things that Makes sense if you're an old Linux head, mm. you know. And you're a but new like, Linux head. I need some lines filled in between, you know. It's like uh, they'll write four words, and I'm like, okay, well, how many fucking steps are involved with those four words, man? You know, oh, uh, several. Turns out, Ugh. so I, it's 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 an ongoing thing. I could have been working on it all day, but then get caught up. Get caught up doing other stuff all day, which typically happens because you know it's break week, so can't get a lot of backlog taken care of during break week because you have to fucking shop for groceries and make it take well, too long. Yeah, we're rolling turkeys this week because mm-hmm. it's Thanksgiving week. That's right. Gobble, gobble. Truly. Truly. Uh, busy week. Uh, I had a fun week last week. Kicked it off the day after the last bowl with a special 
guest host appearance on Rare Encounter. Yeah, that was a fun one. Episode 169, which is now published, so you are uh, free to listen to that at your leisure. Rare Encounter, episode 169. It was just me and Cold Acid. Mm-hmm. A grand time. I found out the yams are a lie. Yams? Mm-hmm. People think they're into yams. I'm into yams. But they're actually into sweet potatoes. Oh, canned sweet potatoes. Uh, the three things, if anybody's curious, just need a little extra tantalizing. By the way, the, <laughs> the title of that one, Brown Finger. <laughs> Appropriately enough. Uh, stinky fruit, Thanksgiving carols, and chairs for every purpose were our three things. Very nice. So now you know you want to... Now you know you want to get at it. I also got recommendations from Cold Acid for some animes. Yeah. Uh, I wanted a Wolf Boy recommendation and a Horny Boy recommendation, and I got both. <laughs> nice. And I'd tell you what they are, but no. You gotta listen. That's right. It's the rare encounter. And find out. And I am excited to watch more anime with you. Uh, What else went on? What else went on? Oh, we've got a very cool Bowls with Buds announcement. We do. Which I have teased in the chat and said in the chat and talked about in the chat for those uh, super insiders who always hang out on IRC 24-7, probably already know. But that's like, you know, a tenth of who listens to the show, maybe, according to the latest AI-generated calculations of real, definite, true numbers. Well, if I had to pull a number out of my ass, I'd say it's about 33%. Okay. I like that. (laughs) I like that better. They say that uh, 69% of the statistics are made up on the spot. Yep, I believe it. Um, anyway, Bulls with Buds. You got to check it out. It's a Black Friday Bulls with Buds we're going to do this Friday in the middle of the day. 1 p.m. Central will be the time. Void Zero will be the guest. Oh, yeah. The legendary Void Zero, father of the entire Zero Node IRC network. So there's a lot of other cool no agenda backend stuff, so I can't wait to dig into those origin stories. That'll be fun. Get them in here. And uh, thanks for the suggestion, by the way, Cotton Gin. Cotton Gin! know that you were the one that uh, suggested I reach out to Mark, and so I did. And here we go. It's going to happen. So every once in a while, people do that. You should get this guy on. You should get that gal on. And then we try to do it. So, uh... Any other suggestions, you could always send a show at bowlafterbowl.com, which will go to both of us. But I'm usually the one that reaches out and does the actual talking to people. So, Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. Wow. You want to cut right to the chase? <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I'm unapproachable. When's the last <laughs> unapproachable? You just don't approach. <laughs> you could be approached. Mm. But you'd rather, I don't know, do something else. Which I don't blame you. It's fine. It's not... It's not good or bad thing it just is a thing that's all yeah i would rather put my headphones on and listen to some new demu and get ready for homegrown hits which is now live on the no agenda stream Ooh, look at you live on the no agenda stream yeah we got it all rolled out last thursday around about 7 p.m central for the big double digit episode 10 nice and this week we're doing it again for thanksgiving and it's a special in-person edition for Mary Kate Ultra and Daisy, but I'll be over here, you know, <laughs> eating uh, homegrown ribs. That's right. With your homegrown hits. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep, that'll be a nice one. Just, just me and my homegrown tits. 
Beautiful. And my ganja. (laughs) (laughs) Just me and my homegrown tits and my ganja. Oh, man, I love it. I I can't wait. On the edge of my seat. It's just me and my ganja. With my ganja. Uh, what else happened? What else happened? My, my Lorian calendar arrived. Oh, yeah. That was something I wanted to put on. Look at that. Would you look at that? Would you look at this. Lorian 2024 calendar. Holy moly. I didn't know if Shutterstock would print this or not. Uh, not <laughs> I that wondered I, about that. Too. I actually was going to not. Oh, good. I didn't actually say the name of the company. I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to not say the name of the company because it's not like an ad or a plug and they charge way too much for these things. But. Um, and it's not the company I said, but it's close to that word. But anyway, fuck that. Uh, it's just my own private purchase. And the reason that I did the whole thing at all is a separate web app internet company dumpany that, uh, Dame Blackhammer uses to help us organize the food of who's going to bring what to the Casey Noagena meetups. That company randomly emailed me because you can't do anything on the fucking internet anymore without it being like. Hey, you just unlocked an offer for something else. Meetups yeah. Meetups does this too. Like meetup, if you go to a meetup.com meetup, you RSVP to a meetup and they're like, hey, great. Uh, we got a bunch of stamps.com for you. We got uh, Chili's gift cards. We got, you know, and you like, you got to say no to four fucking different weird offers mm-hmm. and shit. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. So this uh, weird... Um, who's bringing what food to this party web app uh, emailed me and they were like, Hey, enjoy on us a free custom calendar from uh, not the company I said earlier, but a different company. And so I said, all right, fuck it. Cause I've always wanted a calendar of you. That's, that's really the moral of the story. I've always wanted a Lorian calendar. I've got a fuckload of Lorian pinups over the years that have just been stacking up, stacking up and, other than annoy boomers on No Agenda Social with them, like, what am I supposed to do with them? <laughs> it will un- furiously masturbate to them. But, like, other than those two things, right? Like, I want to do something a little more fun and meaningful, I think. Yeah. And this is it. This is a, this is a fucking 12-month calendar, a foot by a foot, and the images came out super crispy. Like yeah. I said, I wasn't sure if they were going to print it, like, what their content laws were or whatever. It just said, like, no objectionable content. No, that's subjective. That's what I thought. And they printed it, so. They printed it, and it's all there. They must have said, this is wholesome smut. Titties and. uh, Vagine. Vag and butthole. And I even have a cameo. I even have a cameo in May. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Very nice. even full frontal dong is acceptable, apparently. So there you go. Woo! Fucking 2024 is going to be a great year. I can tell you that now. Yeah, you are going to use a calendar this year. I can tell you that now. Unbelievable. I'm shocked. Furiously masturbates as weirdo. It's kind of redundant, I suppose. I don't, yeah. I don't, do, a, I don't do a lot of nonchalant masturbating. <laughs> but <laughs> slow and sensual. Oh, I see he was ISOing it. <laughs> I never know what's going on in the chat. Slow and sensual, yes. I mean, I guess, I don't know. You even got me one. I did. I got two copies. (laughs) One for me and one for, I don't know. V. We got to figure out what to do with that second one. Maybe it'll be a giveaway. Maybe it'll be, I I don't know. I like that idea. What if we did a a giveaway for the other one? Yeah, let's do it. Some kind of weird contest or drawing or something. I don't know. For Christmas. We have a Christmas Eve bowl, you know. Oh, very nice. So what if we did like a. Christmas Eve giveaway. 
yeah, what if we did like uh, the week before we have everybody enter by and then we announce it, give it away on Christmas Eve and we put it in the mail and then you've got it for all year 2024. What if, what, what about that? Yeah, I like that idea. It seems kind of cool. Because I love me, but not enough to use a calendar of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I just, I feel like a little bit uh, smeagly about it too. Cause like I got two and then I'm like, eh, I want more, <laughs> but it's, you only need you one. You only need one calendar. You only need the one. You got the one and then you have the one. You know what I mean? But I'm like, no, that was also mine. <laughs> uh, I just, precious. I, I just like it. It came out nice. You know, the. It is very nice. The, the pictures. I took almost all of them. The cover is one that was done by. Uh, I, like either a full pro or at least somebody far more experienced than myself. And then, of course, May, those pictures uh, of the woods, those are probably my f- favorite set oh, yeah. we've ever done. That was, that was the a definite second pro. shoot we did together, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, that yeah. was a great time. That guy was like a light savant, too. Mm-hmm. He knew everything about light. Yeah, goes hand in hand with the good pictures. It's yeah. all about how the light interacts so anyway, I've been I've been very excited about that. Excited, excited, excited about a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Anything else that you were excited about? You already talked about the homegrown hits. Five ninety nine pumpkin pies at Costco. Oh my god! <laughs> it was such a shit show. It's gonna be even worse tomorrow. I'm glad we went today. Yeah, those pumpkin pies were gone. They cleared all. Like there was none in the fridge. They're still selling them six bucks for an enormous pumpkin pie. So. It's like a no-brainer. Of course, they're going to be slammed. And then... And we've got three Thanksgivings. We were like, oh, darn. You know, there's no pumpkin pies in the cooler. So we're wandering around, and then just start seeing carts with people who have pumpkin pies in their cart. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? Where did you get it? <laughs> got to go back in the bakery, and there's this, like, impromptu line being made, people lining up. I'm like, yeah, it's got to be it. But it was like a line in in name only. Like, there was a... There were people that were standing there, but it was just like, woof. Everyone yeah. was just like, here, 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 here. They were just pulling them out from the bakery right as people were putting lids on them, and they were hot. Hot pumpkin pie. Other than one made at home, I have never touched a hot pumpkin pie. It's weird. It's usually always, you know, refrigerated. Yeah. And pumpkin pies are easy to make, but six bucks for a ginormous one. Yeah. That's like four cans worth of pumpkin. I am not. The, I'm not the pie master. <laughs> that's for sure. I just don't feel like making more shit than I'm already gonna be making. Yeah, I've got enough. Uh, if I can't smoke the pumpkin pie, then you know it'll have to wait. That's all. Yeah. Well, I am excited to thank some bowlers out there. Absolutely. Who contribute value to this production week after week, bowl after bowl. It's a great deal. We're a value for value podcast and uh, put it out there for your listening pleasure. We try to put some value in it, whether it be information or entertainment or just a, just a place to get away every Tuesday, away from the normal thing that you do, the normal things that you talk about in here. Something a little different for your week. And all we ask is if you get some kind of value out of that thing, then, uh, you know, every once in a while, think about what is that value and return it in some way. Uh, Lots of people been getting on the recurring PayPal's since we started opening that up, and since we came back from the dead. Of course, that was all thanks to Fletcher and Carolyn over at HogStory.net that we came back from the first place. And so people have been reviving, uh, or people have been recurringly 
returning value almost since back then, which is kind of crazy and humbling. Like I never thought that would be <laughs> something that we uh, experienced, but here we are. And those two recurring payments that hit since the last show, by the way, uh, Circus Media, hit hey. us, he hit us with 11.11. Thank you, Circus Media. A little monthly recurl. And uh, Sharky Shark. Sharky. Sir Deutschbag for 4.20. Little stonation action. Oh, I said woo right as the pew came in. That was fun. There was a woo. There was a pew. I love it. Uh, so yeah, those are helpful because the monthly bills come out of there. Monthly donations go into there. It's very yin-yang. Very cyclical. We love it. It's like the um, dollars are 69ing with themselves or something. I don't know. All I know is that the ice cash server still streams when I hit play, and that must mean that the money's going in the right place. <laughs> Uh, because what the fuck do I know about it? As little as I can get away with, that's how much. Probably even less, to be honest. Uh, we also, though, you heard the pew. We're on this uh, new little podcasting 2.0 kick, and we're coming up on three years of doing that. Wow. It doesn't feel like three Isn't years. Isn't that wild? Isn't that nuts? Like, next month, it'll be three years of receiving boostograms. Jeez. That is wild. And when we started, man, it was only the Sphinx tribe. Oof. Remember those days? Yeah, it took me a long time to even get in on the Sphinx tribe. It was ridiculous. You had to go over to Sphinx chat to even know what a boost was and do one. Uh, now we've got all kinds of nude podcasting apps. All you got to do to play along, by the way, is get yourself a little bit of Bitcoin. Get yourself a nude podcast app by uh, taking all your clothes off and going to nudepodcastapps.com, where you will be able to find an app that supports value. So you filter by app, filter by value, boom, one of those. And uh, we read the names of the apps off as the boosts come in. Harv Hat, by the way, hit us, as he always does on the fade out of the last show. So I always scroll back in my helipad, and uh, we've got 1420 sats from Harv Hat. Woo! Thanks, Harv Hat. From Podverse where he was boosted he also hit us from the podcast index i don't know just to make sure yeah i think there were some issues going on last week there were some alby issues there were some zebedee issues there were some fountain issue it was issue week last week mm. let's say and i'm not talking about a new issue of michael rock and roll's new comic book i'm talking about oh. the bad issues yeah the bad issues so i don't know but we're we're out of that we're out of that storm and into a new one. Into a new storm, which is of my own making. Uh, really, it's just because hard drives don't live forever, really, is the short, the short, sweet version of it. Uh, although we're resyncing, so we'll see what happens, but pff, let's not hold our breath. Uh, 3333 sets is for homegrown hits. Yeah! <laughs> Look at that. So I'm going to skip that one. Excuse me. 4,233 sets. Circus Media sent that one. Oh, thanks, Circus Media. He sent it to uh, our last episode, Shenanigans and Sued. And that's coming out of the Fountain app. He said, boosting that sexy sat talk by the dip people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The dips are so relative. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I bought the dip in 2014. Oh, man. And that was the first time ever. When it dipped under 420? Yeah, and I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck I was doing, and... uh you know, kind of forgot it was around. The best thing you could do with Bitcoin over, uh, like, historically is just forget you have any. Yeah. Just forget it exists. Like, you know, keep it around somewhere in a wallet and then just forget that it exists. That's all. 
now dips are five figures. Yeah. I remember when uh, 50000 was a dip for a second. Yep. Uh, and that's why we don't really price chase because, uh, honestly, people will start talking price and I'll be like, oh, shit, I guess I got to look at what it is now. Because I don't know. It's <laughs> just like, you know. I got sats. Yeah. Got sats. That's what I like to look at. What's, what's the sats number? One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Where's my channels going? But I talk in sats. <laughs> uh, yes. So anyway, the moral of that story is thank you, Circus Media. He hit us again with 4233 out of Fountain, by the way. Whoa. He said, not financial advice, <laughs> just uh, to follow up on his buy the dip people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, buy the caramel apple dip mm. on sale at your local grocer. Not financial advice. Uh, he hit us one more time, 4233, still out of Fountain. He said, How to Be Invisible, written by J.J. Luna, if you want to review your personal security exposure. Cheers, bowlers. Oh. And then uh, a 420 sats. He is boosting. He's got like six in a row, seven Whoa. in a row here. 420 sats, Circus Media out of Fountain. He said, boosting the Begays. Oh, uh, yes. He made an appearance. Had a little Jeff Begays in there. <laughs> a little Jeff Begays. Uh, then. Begays in the bowl. 4,200 sats from Circus Media. Woo! He said, fucking wasted, LOL. <laughs> that explains it. He ah. got hammered. No, I think he was referring to me talking about when you got hammered. Oh, yeah. On the Probably. Hog Story, uh, on your Hog Story guest appearance. Oh, my gosh. And people thought you were just... Hilarious. Jovially tipsy. And I <laughs> knew that you were dangerously near fucking blacking out. <laughs> yeah. I was a goner that night. You were so fucked. But it was worth it. And then the next day I was like, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Only one way to find out. Uh, one more uh, for now. 4200 sat Circus Media. He said, what? Sleeping Beauty Syndrome. Crazy. Yes. Sleeping Beauty Syndrome. As discussed. In a vocal mail. Uh, in a vocal mail referencing the... Behind the Schemes episode two schemes ago. Wild. Wild stuff. Who knew? Who knew Sleeping Beauty uh, boys could be uh, Sleeping Beauty boys? <laughs> There's a name for everything now, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Every, you gotta have a syndrome for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to fucking sleep, okay? <laughs> I just was really tired. <laughs> Not even that cute. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, fountain... Another boost coming in, 6102 sats, this time from Colin B. Oh, thanks, Colin B. Uh, Casey Bitcoiner there, Colin B. He said, cheers to the chapters and always dare to dream. Definitely. Yes. I dare to dream about having him on a bowls with buds. Mm. Isn't that what I called out in the last one? You did ask for his... Uh... I said, wow, there's mm -hmm. a Casey Bitcoiner who knows a lot about the power system, electricity and shit. You should have said it in the IRC or to my email, and then I might actually ask him. Okay. I'll send <laughs> no, I'll, an email. I'll, I'll remember. I'll, I'll think of it. I know I will. Yeah, I know you will, too. Uh, I have to scroll through a lot of homegrown hits, That's boosts, which is- a problem to have. It's fantastic. You guys are killing it over there, by the way. It's been a lot of fun. I'm uh, a titty bit jelly. Over the whole thing, to be honest. Well, with you. you know, you could always start your own value for value DMU music podcast. Oh, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> you know, build build your own, do your own thing, uh, make another one, commit some more time. Have someone else handle the production side of it, though. I'll fucking do it. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm open and warm to it. I got a half chub on it. 
Mm. Currently. Mm. Uh, Far more than a half chub from Fountain. 16,933 sats from Dotard Ted. Woo! Look at that. Thank you, Teddy. Uh, All boost, no note. Nice. So appreciate that. Uh, But then here's another follow-up with a note. 6933 sats now from Dotard Ted. Uh, Oh. Fentanyl laced letters, he says. Holy crap, DeLorean, what another great show. DeLorean, where did they find that announcer? Sounds like RFK Jr. was doing a side gig. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's big A's. Yeah. Uh, Fentanyl, am I the only one who's had enough of this terror programming? Crohn's, that's a tough treatment, Mommy. Why does my medicine always taste like shit? <laughs> Spencer. <Wrong> hole. <laughs> Spencer, can you back up Bitcoin to a backup wallet to store safely elsewhere? I've been trying to understand how it works since DEF CON 2009. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, me, oh, my. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do. There are many things you can do. People like cold storage with a hardware wallet. That's like the big recommendation. Although then your immediate next question becomes, what hardware wallet do I use? Um, and generally, you would want to find a hardware wallet that is Bitcoin only, that doesn't do like 150 other coins on top of it. Uh, one that you could keep air-gapped meaning you never connect it to the internet. Um, and really, it just becomes this uh, signing, this offline signing device to sign transactions. It's a place you can keep a private key. And then for like long-term storage of maybe bigger amounts, uh, people really love the two of three multi-sig at minimum. And that way, you've got three signatures. So if you lose, uh, or excuse me, three keys to sign with, and if you lose one of your keys, you still got two and then you can put them in uh, geographically separate places. And you can really just, the point of that is not only security, but also making it harder for yourself to break that piggy bank uh, and make it harder for yourself to have somebody else take that piggy bank. Because if somebody finds one of your keys, they can't really get to that. But I don't know. People in the chat are already getting horny about the uh, air gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bully Steed wants to be air gapped. <laughs> The bowl where all of your wildest wishes can come true. Careful what you wish for. We will gap that air right right away post haste. Thank you though, Dotard Ted. I appreciate you. Very, Me too. Very muchly. He uh, was flinging some stuff toward uh, homegrown hits for some good girls. I saw a lot of boosts about good girls mm-hmm. coming through last week. The goodest of girls can be found over at Homegrown Hits, by the way. I am a good girl. Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, Getting... Caught up to the present time, tonight we've had some boosts come into the live tag, starting things off with 1933 sats from Piranesi. Hey, thank you, Piranesi. Appreciate that. Uh, he was boosting from Fountain, by the way. Also, the signature hello live stream boost from Harv Hat, 4269. Oh, yeah, this thing is on. It's lit. That was coming out of CurioCaster. Weirdo boosts 3333 from Fountain. Thanks, Weirdo. He asks... Do I look high? <laughs> and uh, if I'm being honest, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you do. You that Bobby Hill, yes. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. He's also oh, very man. very tall. He's a tall guy. In fact, uh, he struck me as looking fantastically close to Christian music singer David Crowder. Hmm. I thought, personally. I was like, damn. Okay. I looked him up. I can see that. <laughs> Weirdo says shit. I thought so in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Can they tell? I think they can tell. We're a little bit high. <laughs> I mean. I mean, uh, uh, it's great to be here. 88, 88 stats from Bully Steed. Bully Steed. Thank All, you. Also from Fountain. Cheers. We love you. She says, let's go bowling. Yeah. A little bowling emoji. Uh, 69, 69 next. 69, 69, dudes. That's from Hey Citizen. Double smoochies. Hey, Citizen. He says, Swazelnuff Karma. Thank you, Citizen. That's coming in from Podverse. Oh, and then 3448 coming in. He says, Spencer's split. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I think the last two episodes plus the current live tag should all have my temporary Albi split as the note is at the moment. Mm. It just won't stay. Like, I can reboot it and get about eight to ten hours. And then it just, it's not seeing the uh, hard drive. Yeah. Hard drive is beginning to fail, which is uh, why you should, you know, pre-backup and and, uh, be ready for that kind of thing. Once you have an old enough node. I also didn't really grab the greatest, like, enclosure and and hard drive and all that kind of stuff when I was first starting out. Yeah, working on a budget. Because, you know, you got to learn stuff, I guess. But how is she going to learn? How is she going to learn other than get in the car and drive around? That's my philosophy anyway. Uh, 44, 44 sats from Fletcher. That's oh, coming thank in. You, Fletcher. It's coming in from uh, Fountain. And uh, he says, in the bowl with a beam team link. I love it when there's a beam team link because that means uh, there's some sounds imminently approaching. And uh, let's see what these sounds could be. If I could load it in a proper browser. That would really be the silver bullet, to be honest. You can't get any higher. We're pretty high. We know it. We know we're high. <laughs> They're aware. If they didn't know before, that just definitely tipped them off, I think. Thank you, Fletcher. Love you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, 6933 sats from Circus Media. Hey, Circus Media. Back in action. Uh, coming in from Fountain again. And he says for Dotard Ted, check out Cold Card at coldcard.com. Yeah, Cold Card's pretty cool. I've got one of those. I won one. So that's one of those kind of uh, big ticket items. I don't know. It's kind of the same price-ish about as setting up your own node infrastructure too. Mm. And it's just sort of one of those use cases of uh, what are you going to do first? What do you need to do first? What's going to benefit you the most first? And so if you have like a bunch of Bitcoin and you're like, I want to make sure that's pretty damn secure, then probably that would be the one you know to do first. Because let's say, let's say a cold card costs me couple hundred bucks between 100 and 200 bucks i don't know it's been a while since i looked okay so don't send me emails telling me i'm a fucking idiot i already know that uh let's say it's 100 to 200 bucks right and i've got like a uh, couple grand of bitcoin laying around and i want to say oh shit it's getting like to where it's a lot i want to protect i want to hide all of it away for a long time and never touch it which like we already said is one of the best things you can do with it is just stick it in a hole and forget you have it a hole that you know that it won't, you know, it'll be there when you come back to the hole. Great way to do it. Uh, if you want to just, you, you don't really have much. You just got a few sats or whatever, and you're just kind of getting your toes wet. Then uh, a hardware wallet might not make sense. You know, if the hardware wallet represents like three or four times the value of however much Bitcoin you have lying around, maybe it doesn't really make sense. So it's different use cases for everybody. Uh and, you know, everybody's got different needs and should plan accordingly for sure. Uh, but it's it's a good idea to at least read up on all these things and know what they are and uh, eventually try them out. 
Is that what you won when it, we brought Phoenix and Phone Boy to a Casey Bitcoin meetup? It is. Nice. It is. Seed Signer, Dirty Jersey Horror also suggests in the chat, Seed Signer is a fun learn. Yes, Seed Signer is that uh, one you build yourself. They do it at a lot of uh, um, Bitcoin hackathons. Mm. Sit down and build a Seed Signer. It's a uh, air-gapped, do-it-yourself, build-it-yourself type uh, situation, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that is a little cheaper. Using a Raspberry Pi Zero... Uh oh, that's what I'm looking at with seedsigner.com. But yeah, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. You can do with this, you can do with that. Lots of great uh fun options out there to just make your life a little bit uh more interesting. We like, also got some physical mail. That's just right. Before bowl after bowl. We did, right before uh press time. Uh-huh. We got this big uh mysterious striped box in the mail that I'm not I'm not violently shaking. I'm just kind of petting it, actually, very gently. Ooh, and we just got a boost from Memes Leet, by the way. Ooh, Memes! Out of Podverse. And uh, he says, Leet boost Lorian in the bowl all. Try it, strike it, shut up and bowl. Yeah. So he's Leet boosting you. Well, thank you for the Leet boost. You feel that boost? Hell yes, I feel it. Right in my fun holes. hey <laughs> getting a knife he's getting a knife he's getting a knife to open the box everything you need is in the bowl yeah that's the sound of the knife right there uh <laughs> hey oh we are carefully opening the package i just i thought about it i was like hey should we open it and then i'm like well let's just wait yeah wait till the show it'll be like slightly uh It'll cause me to be slightly annoying, but also it'll be a little bit of suspense, you know? Yeah. You'll be, like, legitimately surprised. People love uh, hearing other people open boxes. I hear. <laughs> Attention, this tree is not for kids. Adults only. Okay, heard. Ooh. Wow, have you ever seen that much cocaine in your life? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just playing. Oh. Uh, this looks excellent. I've got a feeling. I got a feeling. This I, looks delicious. Mom always said open the card first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a card. And here's the card. And uh, what we have is <laughs> Spence Ray. And then it says, holy shit, I'm so high I spelled your name wrong. And then it says Spencer. <laughs> and then it says DeLorean. Wonderful. Well done. I respond to Spence Ray and Spencer both. It's, it's all good. Happy holidays, says this card. No, it's happy Thanksgiving. Happy Danksmas slash Thanksmas to our beauteous bowlers. Please enjoy another batch of treats made with fresh homegrown bud butter. Nice. Smiley face. And then the smiley face point arrow points to uh, not scary, it says. Uh, we love and appreciate you guys so very much and had to start the season of giving off early. Thanks for being real life cooler, Nadia and Laszlo. Oh. Cheers to a wonderful holiday season to you and the whole pack. By the way, can you get Papa Spence slash Spence's Papa on the bowls with Bud so we hear his Woody Woodpecker? Much love, Mary Kay Ultra, make heroism, and Bunkhouse. Meow. Very nice. Thank you, guys. Beautiful. Thanks so much. I'm just taking a, a sniff, and it smells so good. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. 
It's some Rice Krispies. Yum yums. Oh, dang. Those are fresh. Yeah. Those are fresh. I'm such a retard that I still have a couple from the last batch they sent us. Uh, because I savor the flavor. And they still, by the way, were gangbusters. And I am a lightweight with edibles. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I just fucking, it turns my brain to mush. In a good way. In the best way. But if I'm trying to write an RSS feed, I'm like, oof. <laughs> I don't want to be near a computer after I eat edibles. Yeah, yeah, it would just, uh, it's not hard to derail the show completely. Yeah. It's already not hard to derail the show completely. <laughs> the, the show is already derailed to start, and then it would just be like derailed and then railed while it's derailed. So yes, we also accept physical gifts to the bowl. Look at that. And we love the MKs. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks so much. We have some fun stuff to get in the mail for you. Yeah. I'm just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's been taking a while. Yeah. Uh, um. We got to just get it just right though. Exactly. That's all. But with value, you don't have to get it just right. There's so many different forms that you can contribute value in. You can make art for episodes, for chapters, for the future. You can send jingles. You can leave a voicemail. Because every week we have a first time I ever topic. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever used Craigslist. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of voice will That's right. You can call us, you can text us, you can send picture messages. We don't screen it. We just enjoy it all. Absolutely. So that's uh, 816-607-3663. Yeah, it's the one. That's the one. Um, Now that we've taken care of that business, we got some more business to take care of. Oh, yeah, all the Bitcoin talk. Wow, really makes you want to build a node. Turn it up to 11 for the hype there. Uh, how does one build a node? Well, you got to start somewhere. And uh, that somewhere for me was three years ago almost. Holy moly. And I got a voltage node. Yeah, a little rent-a-node. We called it a rent-a-node, and it uh, very much is that. Um, voltage, uh, you can get to, by the way, with... Uh, Voltage.cloud, I believe now is the URL. They've changed a couple of times since I was on it. And uh, yeah, it's basically a little monthly fee. I, pay, I paid for a full year up front. I don't know if you can still do that or how it works anymore because these things change over time. But it was uh, four episodes into podcasting 2.0. And Lori and I kind of heard the vision. And we were like, yeah, this is something that we definitely want to pursue. Uh, we definitely want to keep, figure this out. I don't know how it works. Uh, really, nobody knew how it worked because it had just been launched. We were like building it. But we were like, this feels like something that's going to be around. This is like the new way. And fast forward three years later, wow, it's like a completely different uh, standard that that we've been putting together. 
as a community across a bunch of different technologies and, and platforms, and it's, it's been wild. And the whole point, really, is instant value transfer with no middlemen, no censorship, and no you know, way to take it away. So it's been working out swimmingly. And it's kind of funny because it was podcasting 2.0 that got me into Bitcoin seriously, even though I knew, uh, you know, even though I grabbed some at, at 420 in like 2014, uh, I didn't really learn about it or know what was going on. I knew how to send it from one place to another place. And that was the extent of it. That was it. I knew nothing else. I didn't know about blocks being solved every 10 minutes. I didn't know about uh, keys. I didn't know about anything. I knew this is my wallet in this little window. I ran Bitcoin Core, and uh, I could send it to places. You copy an address and paste it as the recipient, and that was it. It wasn't until uh, node management and actually building a node that I learned everything else I know about Bitcoin, which uh, is a wild and fun rabbit hole. But that's really what gave me the confidence and the interest in Bitcoin itself. So I'm super grateful for the the project itself and also the protocol that came before it, and also the Lightning Network specifically. Because really it's thanks to the Layer 2 Lightning Network that runs on top of the Bitcoin blockchain that makes all of this instant shit work. So when you hear the pews, and when you, on a normal show night, would hear the uh, bulls hitting the pins, the balls hitting the pins in the bull. Bulls and balls always get jumbled in my mind, you know? Oh, get angry enough, you might start throwing bulls. <laughs> uh... Anyway, all that is thanks to the Lightning Network. And it seems like there's been uh, just this wave of shitting on the Lightning Network for the like the Bitcoin Twittery bros who everybody seems to know their names. And I'm just like, I'm always like, oh, another who, another who, another who. <laughs> um, wow. Robin Linus was the one over the weekend that got shared in the in the Casey Bitcoiners chat. And the, the boys know by now, I've been going long enough that they just know how to trigger me, basically, and push my buttons. I'm a famous bait taker. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's about it. You're a master baiter. I'm a master being baited man. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just shares just shares this tw- tweet with a, uh, hey, when... Uh, the founder of, uh, oh, fuck, what's it called even? BitVM, okay, BitVM. You remember we talked about a few bowls back. BitVM, it's the way that you can compute anything on Bitcoin directly. And uh, essentially, the TLDR of it is it does all of the smart track, uh, smart contract bullshit that Ethereum and other coins exist just to be able to do. Like, ooh, we can do smart contracts. BitVM basically allows you to use Bitcoin to compute anything. And it does it in an off-chain manner. And a lot of people are jumping up and down about it because it's another it's another thing. Oh, we can do that on Bitcoin now, so shitcoins A through X don't need to exist or whatever. It's like outside of my little nook and cranny of what I understand and interact with and care about. So it just kind of flies way over my head, you know? Sure. It, it's a, it goes back to the cocaine shit stain, actually, is what happens because... yeah. Bitcoin is such a wild and far-reaching protocol, and you can do so many different things with it. Um, the base layer exists, and the and the pure idea of it is as a better money. But what you can do with a better money has so much potential and a lot of different rabbit holes, many of which I do not understand, including computing anything on Bitcoin, right? Uh, 
I have a T89 that I can compute almost anything with. And also I have a computer. (laughs) So I don't really need the blockchain to uh, compute things for me because I can compute. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, The the link to this tweet was posted with, when the founder of BitVM talks, I listen. (laughs) Which... Which already I was like, okay, okay, what could it be? And the tweet is, it's time to admit to ourselves that we oversold lightning to each other, presumably as a form of PTSD after the block size wars. Time to get over it. Ellen doesn't work for the masses. And then he uh, name drops other guys I don't know uh, that probably I should know, but I fucking don't because people think I'm like a fucking Bitcoin kid or a Bitcoin whiz or something like that. No, I'm a podcasting 2.0 kid. Okay, and that's the only reason I know about Bitcoin. It comes from that. And then as a result, I've been running Lightning Nodes kind of okay. Not the greatest, but you know, whatever. Rene Picard. It's a name I've heard. What he does, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sorry. Uh, he also quotes uh, Burak, which I do recognize Burak. He's the guy who broke L&D two different times sending the Mm-hmm. big motherfucking transaction with too many signatures last summer. Yeah, I remember. And uh, forced like two different uh, patches to L&D, so that's fun. Um, he's kind of a lightning troll. Uh, these guys and many other smart people agree, let's just activate covenants and build ARC. All right? I haven't had the time to dig into what covenants and ARC are, but it did get under my skin because of a few reasons. First and foremost, uh, it has... The greatness of Lightning doesn't have shit to do with the block size wars at all. What's awesome about Lightning is you have a second layer on top of the blockchain. The blockchain needs to move slow and be ultra secure, right? So that's why we have a limited block size and we have a 10-minute average block target, right? So we want to, on average, be solving blocks on-chain every 10 minutes, what do, what do those two things give Bitcoin? Those two very important features of Bitcoin give the ability for reasonably anybody to run a node. Why? One, smaller block sizes, a block size cap, means that you can still reasonably fit an entire copy of the Bitcoin blockchain on a consumer-grade hard drive. You only need like, I don't know what it is, like five, 600 gigabytes or something. So if you have a one terabyte hard drive, you can fit still the entire blockchain. Uh, might soon need to get a two terabyte hard drive to be super future proof going forward um, eventually. But still, it's accessible to just a consumer, regular, every person, right? If you've got a Best Buy near you, you can find a hard drive that'll fit the blockchain on it. And that's going to be true for a very, very long time. In fact, it's going to be true for ages because by the time you need anything um, crazy, uh, any crazy amount larger, the the storage space will also have improved and cheapened significantly. You remember when, fuck, when I went to college, they gave us a free thumb drive. It was a one gig thumb drive. Yep. One gig thumb drive is like hilariously stupid now, but you know, it was like more than we would ever need back then. So storage space gets better and better as time goes on. Those things improve. Also, the 10-minute solve size means that anywhere on Earth, um, if you have even kind of a crappy internet connection, 
we can reasonably expect that all the nodes would be able to hear about the new blocks in time to start solving the next block with a 10-minute interval. And that's the whole point of that, right? We need space and time in between each transaction being, or each uh, block of transactions being solved so that we can gossip the new shit out and all the nodes can keep up to date. Those two features, the block size and the 10-minute solve time, make sure that anybody can reasonably run a node. And that's what keeps it decentralized. If we all of a sudden had super fast solve times and huge block sizes, and you could jam as much bullshit as you wanted into a block, we would have a quickly growing blockchain. And when you get a blockchain that's too big for just regular everyday people to run, if I needed a 20 terabyte hard drive just to store the blockchain on, that prices a lot of people out of playing the game. So those two are key for layer one. What, uh, what's awesome about Lightning is you can lock up channels of liquidity and then it's, it's a bit like opening a bar tab, right? If I say, I'm going to open a million sat channel to you, Lorian, then I commit those one million sats into a channel pointed at your node. That's an on-chain transaction. I got to wait, I got to wait the 10 minutes for the block solve. Once it's confirmed, then that 1 million sats opens up and then I can send it instantly as many times as I want to you or to anybody else connected to you on your node across the whole Lightning Network. Instant, fast, super low fees and uh, it just stays good until we close that channel and then it settles again back on the layer one. So it's this extra layer for scaling. Everybody says, oh, you know, Bitcoin's dead because it can't scale and so the layer two was the kind of solution for, oh, well, we can scale this to be able to process just everyday regular payments. That's another thing that's uh, really tough about layer one right now is the transaction fees are very high. In fact, pulling up mempool right now, I'm seeing 85 sats per virtual byte just to get into the next block mm. is the minimum. Of course, we've had 35 minutes go by since a block solve. So that's a piece of it. Uh, every Every time the uh, block, the next block takes longer, the fees go up and up because it's a, it's just a bid, just like a bidding market for how much somebody's going to pay to get into that next block immediately. If you have time to wait, you have time to wait. And the lightning network actually gives node runners like us time to wait. Cause if I need to send Bitcoin right now, I've got channels open. I can do that on because I already set up a Bitcoin node. So this idea that <laughs> layer one's all fucked up and we got to fix layer one and then layer two we just need to abandon because it doesn't work it's it's so irritating to me because it kind of signals to me personally one of three things one you're so financially privileged that you don't see any benefit to a lightning network at all meaning you're not trying to use bitcoin ever to send small payments mm. Sending a small payment right now on layer one is just not feasible because you'd have to pay if you want to send five bucks on layer one and then you're going to pay if you want to send a low priority transaction right now, it's going to cost you like 335, 336. So I'm spending over half of the amount I'm going to send in that case in a fee. Now, if I'm sending 20 grand and the fee for that is 336, all of a sudden that becomes very attractive. Because it's way cheaper than wiring the money where you got to pay like 50 bucks or more. So yeah, for huge payments, it's great still. Layer one is still king. And yeah, I'm going to pay 
whatever it takes to get in the next block. You know, I'll pay twice whatever the 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 fee is. Whatever. It's fine. Seven bucks. Who cares? But if I'm sending three bucks and I'm paying seven to send the three, that, that doesn't make any goddamn right. sense. Most of these boosts are a dollar, two dollars, some less in fiat terms, right? Exactly. And so a lot of it's fiat mindset and it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't get it because I don't see it. I don't see l- small transactions coming to me. I don't send small transactions in my day-to-day life. I'm sitting here. I've been for three years getting small transactions every fucking day. And that's, that's freedom. That's freedom. That's hugely useful. The second thing is just uh, maybe you do know better and you've got ulterior motives. So maybe you've mm. got maybe you've got this fucking soft fork that you want to push. And so you're like, well, fuck lightning. Uh, me and three other people who have books out say that lightning sucks. So that is proof that it sucks. You know, if we say that it sucks, then it sucks. And so uh, you should approve my soft fork instead. Yeah. OK, whatever, man, like uh, you can. You can argue on behalf of your soft fork or whatever L1 change that you have proposed. Argue for that on its own merits. You can attack the lightning network over it. If you need your fucking soft fork, tell me why you need your soft fork. Show me why your soft fork is great. But the lightning network better not be going fucking anywhere. Because we rely on that shit. The third, and I think the most probable thing for anybody shitting all over the lightning network, is you just don't get it. Yeah, they don't use it. You don't use it, or you use a custodian and you had a bad experience. Mm. Okay? Uh, The most frequent thing I see posted, in fact, a lot of this, if you follow the chain back on this uh, Twitter kind of circle jerk, if you follow the chain back, it leads uh, to some kind of screenshot of somebody with a lightning wallet who had to pay some fee to have a channel opened on their behalf, right? And so it's somebody who's using a custodial lightning wallet that runs on somebody else's node. And that's a challenge because that guy who runs a node or that company who runs a node or whatever has to open channels specifically to be able to send and receive from your wallet, which costs money, especially right now in this crazy high fee environment. So what I always tell people, they're saying that lightning is not user friendly enough and that it doesn't scale. Lightning does and by the way, these people in the same breath say that lightning only works for custodians. Uh, it, <laughs> and I have to assume that what they mean is it works for the custodians themselves and not the customers of these custodians because the worst lightning experiences in my, in my trial have been with custodians, have been when you're just using some other wallet and you're not running the node, you're just using a wallet on top of somebody else's node and you'll get route fa- failures a lot. If you haven't used it for a while, and they're running a, a mini node on your phone like Breeze, you might have to pay a fee to, you know, wake the thing back up because they're not just going to keep channels open to you if you're not going to use them. It, it, it's business sense. That just makes sense, right? If I've got a customer and they haven't sent a transaction in four months, why would I make sure that they're connected all the time? And ooh, what has been four months, but maybe any minute now. Yeah, the no, priority goes down. The priority goes down. And, you know, if you want to come back and send something, then you got to, like, pay me a fee to ha- I'll open a new channel for you. But if you're not using that actively, I can't just keep it open forever. That's just the free market talking. But that's also why I've always said for the best Lightning Node ex- or for the best Lightning Network experience, running your own node is clutch. Because then you can, it, it takes work. I'm not saying it's the easiest way. 
right? I'm saying it's the best experience. It's the best experience over time, all factors considered. A, you get to learn, which to me is invaluable. I will always advocate that you should learn more. It's hard to really form opinions. It's hard to protect yourself and stay safe. It's hard to be secure if you don't know what the fuck's going on and you just trust somebody else. The whole point of the Bitcoin uh, experiment in the first place is that we don't want to trust somebody else. We're sick of getting fucked in the ass by somebody else, right? So, boom, you don't got to trust nobody else. You don't got to wait for somebody to troubleshoot. You can troubleshoot on your own. Now, does that mean you've got to figure problems out? Yeah, it does. But the problem's going to happen either way. Problems are going to come along either way. No matter what app you're using, you're going to have problems. So do you want to submit a ticket and wait, or do you want to get in and figure it out on your machine? I know a lot of people say, I'd rather have somebody else fuck with it. I don't have time. I don't have the patience. That's fine. I don't think it's for everybody. I think it's accessible to anybody. That's a personal decision. And I'm not saying, hey, if you don't want to run a node and learn things, then you're an asshole or you're an idiot. No, I'm an asshole and idiot who happens to run lightning nodes. So like, it's not a mutually exclusive designation there. Okay. But the beauty of all of it is you're in charge. You're your own bank and payment processor. And then if you need to say there's a merchant that you shop with frequently, if you want to make sure your sats go there, you can open a channel directly to them without permission. You may have to look up and see if they have uh, some kind of a policy of a channel minimum. Some nodes set one, some nodes don't. But all of this you can find on Lightning Explorers, like Amboss or like 1ML, amboss.space or 1ML.com. Uh, those will tell you information on public nodes and what their minimums are and all that kind of stuff. And so then if I say, oh, I want to spend, you know, I want to get a coin card. And so I'm going to go to CoinKite and spend some sats and, and get a, co uh, get a, get a, coin, a cold card, like we were talking about earlier. Well, I could open a channel directly to them and then I guarantee that that payment is going to go through and it's not going to cost me anything because you don't pay fees on your own channel, right? So if it's just one channel from me to the guy I'm paying, I'm paying zero fee on that transaction. I guarantee that it's going to work because my node's up and I can see his node's up. Boom, goes through every time. Great experience. Then you get yourself Tor enabled and, you know, get a little wallet that um, works over Tor. You can do that while you're not on your local network. When, uh, when Eric Yakes talked to us, did his little talk at KC Bitcoiners, I bought his book, Seventh Property, using my own home node over tour. And I was at a bar in Kansas City just on my phone. The experience that people expect from Lightning, but don't always get when they just go to the app store and download some Lightning wallet and run it for the first time and the channels haven't started and the node doesn't know who they are and they're doing all the setup stuff. It's hard to do the setup and immediately start paying. It takes a little bit of work. But because it takes a little work and because you have to learn things, now people are like, oh, it's done. It's dead in the water. It's never going to work. It's never going to scale. It might never scale. I might be fucking insane. Because I will acknowledge this. The only way Lightning Network scales is if people decide they're going to run nodes. The more nodes, the more decentralized. And the more nodes, the more this lightning thing can scale. And that's, I just, I, I have to be on that side of advocating for, it's really not as hard as you think. It's not as easy as you want it to be either. It will never be as easy as you want it to be. I'm sorry. 
If it is, somebody else is doing some fucking magic bullshit and you probably can't trust it. If it's all that easy, then you probably got some other problems. I'd rather take the trade-off on easy. I will sacrifice easy so that I can not trust nobody. I will sacrifice easy so that I can solve my own problems and fix it myself. I will sacrifice easy so I can learn something new and be more empowered as a result of that. And it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not just fucking handed over to you. If it is, you're probably a product, probably a customer. There's plenty of those. A couple of pews coming in, including Dirty Jersey Whore from Fountain, who says, Preach it, Spencer. Lightning is the bomb. Y'all be good. Yeah. Thanks, Dirty Jersey Whore. Cheers. Also, Bully Steed 7777 from Fountain, she says, Preach. Bully. Thank Preaching. you. Preaching directly to the bowler choir. Uh, so anyway, uh, I will always push back anytime I see this nonsense of uh, it's too hard, it's not worth it, we should abandon the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network has done more to actually make Bitcoin the peer-to-peer cash that it was supposed to be in the first place than anything else in the last five, six years since it's come out. Definitely. I was going to say, are these just hodlers who aren't planning to spend any at all? They just let their Bitcoin sit somewhere? Well, and I don't know, but I should know. Like, they're big who's who in Bitcoins, right? They got books, they got projects, they, you know, like I'm talking about the founder of fucking, uh, what's the thing I already forgot? BitVM. <laughs> BitVM, yeah. right? So it's it's not like these are dummies. I'm not saying these guys are dumb no, but, by any stretch of the imagination. But why should I trust their opinion? But they're interested in something else, right? They're interested in something else. And so my message is like, first of all, you're going to have to get people learning things. (sighs) You know, I didn't know shit about the federal. Like, I always knew the Federal Reserve was fucking us. Okay. But I knew it in some kind of abstract way. Right. I knew it in kind of like a, okay, yeah, they inflation, they set the fucking rate. They loan free money to banks they print infinite money like it all can't be good right it's not on the gold standard. i couldn't yeah. talk about it intelligently because i never really studied it deeply until my journey through bitcoin because it never really i never had the alternative and a perspective to to explore it and say okay well the reason this is different from the dollar is because there's a limited supply is because i don't have to trust anybody i can verify that it's all real and it's all right here like everybody everybody else can also do that Every participant can do that. And you learn learn layer one, and then you learn layer two, and the lightning layer. Like The key is learning here. And people are so adverse to learning. Uh, Mike Judge, I'm sure everyone hearing my voice right now is well aware, made a wonderful comedy called Idiocracy, which we all say uh, looks more like a documentary as years go by. And I think... Mike Judge absolutely fucking nailed the symptoms of the dumb society. But I think, he was, I think he was off on the cause. Because as he introduces the movie, he says the cause of a dumb society where uh, a man from present day wakes up centuries from now and is now like some kind of a genius. The average man from yesteryear is now considered like way too smart. The smartest man in the world. Uh... And he said the reason was be- just because the dummies outbred the smart ones, basically, right? All the dumb people had a bunch of kids. All the smart people didn't. Yeah. And for that, that seems to be sort of bell curve meme, you know, where it's like, you know, the sub 80s and the plus 120s are the ones that are super producing. So I'm not seeing that. But really what the cause is, it's evolutionary pressure. 
There's no evolutionary pressure anymore to be smart. You don't have to be smart. Everything's nerfed. Everything's dumbed down. Everything's make it super easy. So I touch my phone twice and it just happens. And somebody else does it for me. And that's what you get as a result. You don't have to be smart. And what do people say? What do people demand? That it be even fucking dumber and easier. How is that going to help anybody? So I got to be on the other side of that thing, man. Like, I can't, like, if I'm the only crazy guy up fucking standing on a mountain in the loincloth being like, we're going to make it a little hard. Like, I'll be, I'll be the only fucking psycho saying it. That's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. But, well, but we can't just be like, well, we got to dumb it down even further so that it can be even more dumb. On the dumb breeder thing, too, two dumb people could have a really smart kid. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The intelligence true. of your parents has nothing to do with your intelligence. It's uh, and that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> it's a shaky premise, but I think that the but it's a great movie and it's hilarious. There needs to be some kind of societal pressure pushing us upward, you know. Oh yeah. Now it's a it's a it's just part of evolution that things do get easier and more accessible. I'm not saying hey, uh, no normies allowed. You should you know this should remain as hard as it is right now forever. You know the Lightning Network will improve. Improve. I'm not saying the Lightning Network works perfectly. In fact, I'm about to roll into some of my own woes. With my own node. But uh, it's only gotten easier. We talked about three years ago, you can only do this shit on Sphinx. And it was, it was a pain in the ass. Talk about your mom not being able to figure it out. That's what I always fucking hear. My mom would never be able to figure this out. <sighs> you know, that's too bad. Maybe she could if you believed in her, man. Yeah, I'm a mom. I figured it out. But three years later, it's, it's never been easier. And three years from now, it'd be even easier. And the sooner you learn, the, the, the better prepared you will be. To see what's a scam and what's what's legit coming down the road. That's why we dove in headfirst uh, in December 2020. We said, you know what? I don't know any of this shit. I don't know what the fuck it means. But if we start now, then then we'll be started and we'll be learning. And we're still learning every day. Still learning every day. Uh, I have to because uh, I find myself. I'm fixing a note when my sad's coming. That's right, I've been fixing a node. Uh, What I'm seeing on my Raspy Blitz, which I love dearly, it's like the first thing I did that was my own first node I built after the Voltage Renta node. Uh, It's built on a Raspberry Pi and it has a one terabyte SSD in a weird enclosure, the, the enclosure is too large for the actual drive, uh, which is my own dumb ass. Like, I'd never really put a hard drive in an enclosure before. Gotta learn. I always had them like Seagates or some kind of pre-built thing, you know? Yeah. I never built my own anything before. I'd never seen a Raspberry Pi in person. I've seen pictures of them, but I'd never seen one in person until I built that node. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I... And misinterpreted as some guy who's just like been playing with computer chips his whole life, but it re- it's really a recent thing for me. Okay, really more of a recent thing. I did graphic design and you know did like the Adobe stuff, made videos, multimedia, that kind of thing, like point and click a camera. Not so much on the computer side, and definitely not on the coding side. This is all like part of podcasting 2.0. It's all, it's all started there for me. Okay. So what I'm saying is I know firsthand that you can start from little to nothing and just chip away at it. You know, I'm a busy guy. I don't have 
every day of my life to dedicate to this shit either. Just like you don't. I get it. Uh, it's, it's a decision thing. And so we made the decision that we were going to kind of stand on our own two feet on this thing. The note itself, it's a raspy blitz. And what's happening is uh, with a restart, usually I could get rid of this with like a reflash of the whole system and just recovering it. But I'm getting a lot of errors saying that it can't read the hard drive. And so this is probably one of the most common uh, things that end a node's life eventually is the hardware and specifically the uh, data drive. They're not built to last forever. And this is true of all hard drives. Eventually, something happens. Uh, and so the great thing to do is to keep channel backups on separate, uh, in separate places and to... You know, if you can get a raid going so that you have another drive that you can just pop in when one fails, that's kind of the gold standard. But some sort of backups so that you can get new hardware and get your old node back on new hardware. So that's what I'm going through right now. And uh, I've said, hey, I got these Dell Optiplex uh, small form factor PCs that I got, some cheap Amazon deal that came through. I'm going to build a Raspi Blitz on that, get it up and running. I got as far as build, putting Debian on it, and uh, I just did not have time to build the Raspi Blitz operating system on top of Debian. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do that once, and if it's not like super easy and working out, you know, if I just hit too many roadblocks, I may just end up going over to the Start Nine thing. The bummer about the Start Nine situation is I don't know uh, how I can get the isobot or, or not the isobot but the uh the boost bot irc bot to be relaying the boosts now i should have from day one just been running boost bot on my machine tunneling in to my node and just having the bot run on something else that's not the node mm. and i f i feel like i can still do that somehow but it's going to take another <laughs> it's going to take another deep dive and figuring things out uh trying one thing and then another thing and another thing i know it sounds exhausting to somebody who just hears on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain and is like, you know, I don't, I don't know what any of that is. Sounds fucking exhausting. But it's just how we learn one piece at a time. Life is exhausting. Life is exhausting, you know, but... And it's the same with taking care of your house or your car. Exactly. It's maintaining anything. Yeah. You know? Your health. People don't want to talk about money because it's just like, oh, you know, my fucking... All I hear is just static noise. Every, Every time you start talking about money and stocks and saving for retirement, I just, it's all here, right? I just zone out. Um, and we can live that way. That's the easy way, right? Like the path of least resistance. But if you don't resist, then you just, you can move your way on into becoming the fucking hamburger of the elites. <laughs> yep. And they're going to put ketchup and mustard on your bitch ass and eat you alive. Yeah. So it's an unfortunate scenario or unfortunate spot, but hey, I mean, you know, it could be a hell of a lot worse, dude. I mean, the fucking pioneers would laugh their fucking asses off at how much people bitch about how hard things are. Like, why don't you chop trees down and build a house, you fucking pussy? And talk about it's hard to type on a computer. Yeah, it's confusing at first, you know, but you just keep doing it. That's all. Just keep doing it. Uh, so anyway, I'll keep everybody updated. I would love to one day make a guide because what we really need are comprehensive guides so that we can help people who have never done this before do it better. I've been 
reading guides from people who came before me. I didn't come up with any of this shit, right? I don't know. I never knew how this shit worked. And so I'm just following the people who came before me. And there's some guides that are pretty nice, but they could be better. They could be better delivered, produced, and uh, they could be more handholdy. And I'm all for that kind of thing. I'm all for the education part of it and just being like, all right, well, how about a step-by-step that just a, a person with no prior Linux experience could follow? And you could get them using Linux. And I think the biggest trap, the biggest pitfall in this whole development world is that, you know, somebody legitimately asks, well, what's CD mean? Like changing directory, you know, like what, what am I doing here? And you just get fucking shit on like, oh, you don't know what's CD? Wow, what you fucking dumb faggot? <laughs> Instead of just being like, oh yeah, that's just how you change directory. It's kind of like navigating in the... Uh, Windows File Explorer. Like, you could just be a helpful guy that tells the actual answer, but people have to just be fucking assholes about every little thing. You know, the language that you code in sucks and you're an idiot. Uh, You don't know how to do basic stuff like install programs, so you're an idiot. You know, a lot of people just have never done it before. Exactly. You fucking five-chinned fuck. (laughs) I've always been mind-blown about how much fat-headedness there is in development for a bunch of people who we sit on our asses looking at screens for a living, okay? Like, what is there to flex about, you know? Like, yeah, have a fucking reality check, bro. You're not God's gift to shit. You're just another fucking guy typing on a machine, all right? I, I will never understand that, man. I don't think I'm the shit. I know I'm not. Well... And I'm not even, fu- like... I want to interject also and say our families... People in our family that are older than us look at us like we're computer whizzes. And yes, we were raised with computers. But I went through the best public school system in America in massive two shits. And I never touched command line. You know, I just I used products that were already made and sold to us. And it was all Microsoft shit. That's that was my computer class was using Word. Excel, Mm -hmm. building PowerPoints. I didn't touch command line until an adult. Yeah. In this Bitcoin realm. It's it's wild. And you're never exposed to any kind of actual programming language, even like basic for looping and branching, you know? Like looping and branching logic. It's it would be nice to be exposed to something. I don't care what it's in. Oh, don't that's the problem that you would have if you tried to introduce like a basic Java class in public school systems, they'd be like, whoa, that's in fucking Java. Should be in something C-based. Or you'd do C, C-sharp and people would be like, oh, that's Microsoft bullshit. You should be doing it in Java. Like, there would be no winning because of all this Tower of Babel bullshit and this fucking false sense of elitism that people have because they happen to use the language they use. Like, fuck off, okay? It all sucks, but we gotta learn it and just be able to talk to one another. And if somebody's new, somebody new comes along who's like wanting to learn programming, I'm like, thank fucking God. Ask me anything. There's no dumb questions. I will answer any question. How do I turn my computer on? I'll tell you, dude. I don't care. I'm not going to make fun of you because you have interest in what I'm also interested in. Yeah, two heads are better than one. Fuck. We can help each other. I've been seeing like a lot of it lately and it's like, Uh. I just hate that, man. Like, it should be... It should be accepted. And then the narrative picks up. Well, this isn't for everybody, you know, like it's not a regular person isn't going to be able to do this. 
Yeah, because you build the world that way. You know, if you change your mindset, you could really start to help us create a world where anybody can do it. And trust me, man, you got to just, if you decide you're going to do it, you, it will be accessible to you. Yeah. Maybe not at first, maybe not overnight, maybe not without some frustration and going, man, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Sometimes it fucking sucks. It's all about willpower. Anything new that's worth doing, it, it's going to have some pain points. Let me run through some headlines really quick because I've kind of taken some time that I didn't anticipate. Oh, that's okay. I can uh, not that that ever subtract happens. time on my end. Because <laughs> there's also some pretty crazy uh, headlines that have dropped since we last spoke. Yeah. And I'll just keep it to the minimum required ones. Uh, first thing, ANCAP, uh, Javier Milley won Argentina's, Argentina's election. Yeah, he did. Argentina now has a Bitcoin president. Uh, he's promising a radical shakeup to fix decades of policy mismanagement. Seems like a based boy. Has the hair straight out of uh, King of the Mods. Like he's some kind of oh yeah, uh, mid to late 60s throwback. And, uh, and just rolled out of bed. Just rolled out of bed. Love it. I think that just this election will signal good things to come for Bitcoin as a result. But I think that his election should probably represent far more than that. Now, will it actually pan out? I don't know. I'm not somebody who hangs any kind of hopes and dreams on, on a politician getting elected. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Been down that road before. But it's pretty cool that he's in there. I think it's overall good for uh, Bitcoin in general. And uh, I'm excited to see... What might come as a result of that? But he's in. He's in and they couldn't prevent him from getting in there for whatever reason. Uh, another huge drop came down today. In fact, several stories, but uh, the two main ones I'll talk about. First of all, Kraken is now on, under the crosshairs of the SEC being sued for operating an unregistered securities platform. Mm, yeah, got to register. So they're getting sued by the SEC for not registering as a securities exchange, a securities business in the U.S. Uh, charged Payward Incorporated and Payward Ventures Incorporated, together known as Kraken, with operating Kraken's crypto trading platform as an unregistered securities exchange, broker dealer, and clearing agency. <sighs> so there's that. It's another one kind of uh, not biting the dust as much as kind of coming under fire. And speaking of that, we also are seeing something settling on the Binance side of things with uh, CZ pleading guilty of money laundering and other charges, stepping down as CEO of Binance and settling for $4.3 billion. Jeez. Uh, pleading guilty to violating U.S. money laundering requirements. Um, according to the Wall Street Journal... Chief Executive of Binance's largest global cryptocurrency exchange plans to step down and plead guilty to violating criminal U.S. anti-money laundering requirements in a deal that may preserve the company's ability to continue operating, according to people familiar with the matter. Oh, my favorite source. Mm -hmm. uh, the quote, though, the deal would allow uh, CZ to retain his majority ownership of Binance, although he won't be able to have an executive role at the company. And then he's going to face sen sentencing at a later date. So what are they going to like throw him in the slammer or just find the shit out of him? Or I don't know, but he still gets to keep his shares in the company, but he can't run the company, but he mm. can keep his shares and Binance can keep going, I guess, as long as they make probably several major changes to come up to compliance with this anti-money laundering nonsense bullshit. It seems like to me, a lot of the 
people who were able to survive this whole extra round of SEC scrutiny were just kind of the Bitcoin only companies. But then uh, all of these guys that did the the crypto casinos where you could change this for that and that for the other and speculate on the up and down motion of these crazy things, they're all getting wrapped up and Merrick Garland is putting the pitchfork right in their asses. So we'll keep an eye on what happens with all this, but uh statement from Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. Today's charges and guilty pleas combined with a more than $4 billion financial penalty sends an unmistakable message to crypto and DeFi companies. If you serve U.S. customers, you must obey U.S. law. Oh, brother. It does mark the end of a Justice Department investigation, though, that started at least in 2018. So five wow. five years that we know of. Jeez. They've been looking into uh, Binance. Crazy. Crazy. Unfathomable. Uh, also kind of makes you want to go back to all of his tweets like shitting and dunking on Doquan <laughs> when mm-hmm. uh when when Tether Luna went under. He's like, oh well, you know, we're better because we're more ethical. I'm like, okay, well the SEC has another opinion and now they have over four billion of your dollars. But, you know, that's not the whole pie apparently. So <laughs> he right. still he still maintains some shares. He's uh. still got something. He maintains the shares. He maintains that Binance tattoo on his arm. He's hoping the company keeps going. So, ayo, ayo. I don't know. It's like, uh, just find a guy. You want to buy Bitcoin, just find a guy. Yeah, go to a Bitcoin meetup. Hopefully we could have. uh, And that's, by the way, another reason why I want note runners on Lightning. It's like people say, okay, Bitcoin adoption, we need circular economies so that we don't have to really be affected by KYC. Well, yeah. If everybody had a node, and then I want to do some business with a guy that has a node, then done. That's it. It's me and them. Yeah, and it takes seconds to process. And what else is going on? Well, I don't know. Just between me and him. So you know, why don't you fuck off? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I'm so I didn't mean to stretch it out that much. I just had a lot of feelings this week. No, that's all right. I'm glad that you are in touch with your feelings (laughs) (laughs) and getting them out there. I got some. Stories. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Does it have anything to do with a little bit of... Top 333. All right. It does, but thanks to the holidays, things are slowing down. Ooh. We had a really freaky red flag bowl a couple mm. ago where there were just too many 33 stories. They were stories. overflowing. And this week, I'm not seeing anything on the war front, which is nice. I did see, though, that... Uh, an LGBTQ plus group said 33 people were slain in the last year, either trannies or gender non-conforming, mostly people of color. Those are all their words. Like, that's a direct quote, not something I would say. Uh, and, you know, I guess this is supposed to be some outcry of, oh, we're so hated and so, you know, prejudiced against but i think 33 people out of a group uh in a whole year is you know not that big of a number it's horrible when any person dies but it's hard to say yeah a whole year though it's like i you know the coup took more people this year for sure there's uh (laughs) there's like 330 million people in the country about 2.8 million people in the u.s identify as transgender or non-binary and so that's like point zero zero one percent. 
So a silver lining. I don't know. A silver lining is to be found, maybe. Well, that's the way I'm looking at it. You're an optimist. It's slightly higher than last year because last year there were 32. Oh, increase of They hit the magic number this year. Mm. Now they'll probably ask for money or something, (laughs) right? Well, you you have to. I mean, that's no matter matter what happens, you ask for money. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the uh, number 33 is kind of an advertisement flag, you know? It's like, hey, uh, gamble in this direction. Gamble this way or send your funds this way. Anyway, over in Idaho, I saw that a judge invalidated Idaho Falls' $33 million levy for a new school, which voters seem to be upset about because 70% of them turned out in May to vote for this, and now it's null and void. I guess that the district's... Uh, second plant facilities levy is what this was, a second one, and they can only have one on the books at a time. So the judge came in and said, hey, no, 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 you can't do this. You've already got something going. It just happened to be $33 million worth. Cha-ching. Yep. And I hate to do it, but like <sighs> I said, not that many stories this week. My third top three thirty-three story is actually someone's age. Hulk Hogan's son, Nick. 33 years old, was arrested for DUI in Florida, and TMZ oh, no. came out swinging with it. I bet. Yeah, not going to give him a break. It's a year to kind of be hermity. Yeah. I think. I think so, too. It's a good year to just chill out, stay out of the headlines for sure. We. Uh... He, was, he was going 51 in a 40-mile-per-hour zone, and I guess he was coming from a bikini contest at his dad's restaurant. Um, many people come. From a bikini contest. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But it was also just before 4 a.m., which is a horrible time to be driving. And so he refused a sobriety test and uh, performed poorly on the field sobriety test. So they took him in. Mm. Yeah. They brought up his dark past, too, because he had a single car crash in 2007 when he was 17 that left his friend paralyzed. Oh, man. And led to him being in jail for... Eight months. So. That's a bum, man. Yep. Yep. But irrelevant. Anyway, that's all I got. I told you. Elephant. It would be uh, short on my end tonight. Well, you're no liar. Uh, We did get a couple boosts. Oh, I love boosts. I missed it while I was ranting until my eyes were crossing. Uh, 4444 from Fletcher. Hey, Fletcher. Out of Fountain. He said, the Fed is fucking us. You yourself must enter the blockchain. (laughs) <laughs> Put your body on the blockchain. There you go. Banana, With the bananas. Bananas on the blockchain, yeah. Uh, Circus Media out of Fountain, 3333. Woo! He said, step one, have an excellent product. Step, stu- step two, run a lightning node. Step three, profit and freedom. There That's you go. That's right. Yeah. Simple as. Mm-hmm. No. It's great. It's like, uh, I don't need a cash register now because I have a lightning node. Exactly. Perfect. I'm glad the bowler's getting it. The bowlers are getting it. Well, I'm grateful for all the bowlers out there. Most definitely. Thankful for- It would be very fucking lonely otherwise. <laughs> oh, yeah, just t- yelling into mics. Yeah. When no one, you know, feeling it. <laughs> no, the bowlers The bowlers are proof positive that it's been working this whole time. And so when I see people go, we've oversold this whole lightning thing. I, 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 can, I can confidently dismiss them. Yeah, that's an eye-roller statement for sure, bud. Yep. I mean, go to a Bitcoin block party in Kansas City. Yeah. 
you know, if you want to buy something from me, a real good, you just uh, scan the invoice and your sats move over to my node. An, over, an open air market over lightning. Beautiful. Yeah. Nowhere else we can go. Behind the curtain. Yeah, I'm ready. You called it. Do you want to talk about the dark times? I suppose it's been going on in Missouri. I suppose it probably should be said. Um, cause we've been talking yeah. about these, uh, fentanyl headlines. In fact, uh, dotard Ted even mentioned it in a boost earlier. And what, what, what we've been saying is something feels not quite right or complete about this, you know, and until I hear some kind of stories on the ground, I'm really not going to have any way to n- know anything. Right. I read things in the press like fentanyl-laced marijuana. Yeah, I, I feel people are putting fentanyl in uh, pot and in gummies and in car, Christ knows what fake pills with fentanyl. That was another big one. A lot of things that didn't make sense make much sense. Uh, not that this makes much sense either, uh, in just a black and white sense, but um, tragically, one of my best friend's brothers passed away. From getting some uh, blow with some with some fentanyl in it, and then come to find out he had a cousin happen to um, the same thing happened a couple weeks prior to this. Yeah, and so this is something that is a little more tangible and verifiable for me, and it does not really mesh with all of the stories that have been rolling out about you know just scare weed. It doesn't mesh with um, another huge scare tactic people have been saying about like the airborne shit or it being, uh, you know, on your skin, uh, insta death. Right. This is something that was definitely snorted. It's something that's, uh, yeah. Insulfated. And when you take that, it doesn't take much. So the whole question becomes how and why, you know, immediately, how, how, how could this happen and why could this happen? And it doesn't really match up. Like, I think that um, maybe a dumb mistake could be an explanation. If you're handed, you know, somebody hands you the wrong bag. And it's just fentanyl. Maybe. Maybe it's just fentanyl. It, what does not make sense, let me put it this way. What does not make sense is some guy who's a low-level street dealer, let's say, to think, that, and this is the narrative that we largely see in the press, is that, oh, I'm going to add some fentanyl to my products cocaine is never brought up by the way, or rarely, you know, I don't really see that in the stuff that is generated constantly and being beaten over the head. Uh, they say it with like weed and other weird shit, right? Yeah. And the pills. So I'm, I'm a, I'm just a low level street guy and I'm like, okay, well I need to get my people hooked on my product cause I'm an evil person. And so I'm going to put a little bit of fentanyl in there and that way they'll be addicted and then they'll come back for more even faster. Uh, it makes no fucking actual practical sense if you've uh, if you've had even a little bit of experience in the uh, underbelly of the of the drug society that exists in this country. So that's not really making sense. So what else might make sense? Well, um, it's a couple of different white powders, so it might make sense as a as a mistake at some point down the line. But nefariously, you also have to wonder. Uh, at the kind of tip top of the pyramid where things come in in bulk, where things come in, you know, the, the drugs always have to come from somewhere. Yeah. They don't come from some regular guy that 
you talk to on this couch, right? They come from shitloads of guys down the chain. And at some point it comes in from other countries, which is always sketchy as fuck. Or sometimes the CIA brings in a motherfucking big bunch, you know? Yep. And we know that for sure with Freeway Rick Ross and the whole Iran-Contra shit and everything that went down with crack in the 80s. And I think that a lot of people in their minds have kind of associated that with like, oh yeah, well, you know, that happened that one time and this was who was involved and this was the time period and this was the area, LA, right? South Central LA. And so like, you know, that was like a isolated incident or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't really believe for a second that uh, the CIA just abandoned like their, their whole fucking business model. And we know that uh, our boys have been over there guarding the poppy fields on and off for fucking decades to make sure that our shit was the shit that gets used for all the opiates that go around the world. And so you really have to wonder if there's something more nefarious at play in the larger grand scale of things. So it really kind of blindsided me. It was almost like, uh, you know, God was like, you want some proof? Here's your proof. Uh, we don't, we don't want to project this image that it's all fake, it's all dumb, and that opiates don't do anything to anyone. And I've, I've made this point several times. I've lost my own cousin uh, to heroin. And, you know, it's, I've seen friends go down to the deepest pits of hell. Some of them never came back. Few of them came back. Most people cannot come back from that depth, which is awful. It's a scourge. It's, it's, it's crazy. But there is a disconnect between the reality of what happens to actual people and what I read on headlines in news articles. And so if week by week it seems like I'm flippant and dismissive, I just want to kind of drive home the fact that it is of the news articles for this very fact. That what's being reported is to drive a narrative and to affect legislation, to scare people, to... Um, to advertise also. To advertise and psyop you into the pharmaceutical pipelines because that's where they want you. But what happens actually on the streets is the real shit and the shit that I am interested in and that affects us actually. And that's why I want to like talk about that as the focus and, and the reality. So even the very, very last week when we sat down here and said, you know, I'm not seeing it in my circles and until I see it there, like... What I was saying is I don't really have a compass to go by. I don't have any, like, I can read an article, but what am I going to make decisions based off of a press that constantly lies to us and is always trying to make an agenda? I have to actually use the things that happen in real life and map that out. And frankly, this is so fresh and happened over the weekend, like, yet I am still kind of working through that. But I would really like to explore um, how lost we got from the plant medicine, coca, and also what the fuck might be going on right now because something is definitely going on right now on the ground and people are dying over it. Yep. It's not lost on me also. that, And it's not people putting it in the weed to get their customers addicted. That is not it. And that's the only thing the press tells me over and over again is happening. <laughs> it's not what's happening. They've never been able to confirm it. It's not what is happening. In fact, they had to retract headlines, but those don't get made a big deal out of. Uh, my heart's just fucking broken mm -hmm. for our friend's family and for him and for us. Yeah. And these are both Missouri cases. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, it's just 
be on alert. Something could be going down here. And what I was going to say is it's not lost on me that the health departments just rolled out their giving out fentanyl test strips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was just earlier this year. Yeah, but just this past week, I believe they became available where you can walk into a health department and get them. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's required of that. It's not something I personally would be comfortable doing because until I hear a story of how it goes down, you walk in there, you're on camera, you know, facial recognition technology. Are they going to ask for an ID? You got to sign in. You got to do shit to probably. get them. Yeah, probably. I would rather buy them from the bunk police personally. The bunk <laughs> because police. Because I support a... them. Yeah. I believe in their work. I guess that at this point, you know, don't trust, verify. True for everything in life. And, you know, it's sucks. You got to live in a world like that. But uh, again, I really think that uh, there's something to be said about what, what about the plant medicines, you know? Yeah, we have to go back to that. Some fucking powdered chemical. It's not really easy to identify what it is. Oh, no. Even especially like what what's in this part versus this part over here, you know? Right. You can take a bunch of, you can take dozens of different white powder chemicals and put them in a bag and shake them all up. And what do you got? Yeah, and just the process to take a plant and turn it into that is disgusting. But if I've got a plant, I can identify a plant. They yep. all look unique. God yep. made them a certain way so that you can identify them. Yep. Gotta go back to that. This is just a fucking shame, man. Definitely. And my first story of business behind the curtain tonight mm. um, is I saw a scam coming out of uh, plant medicine, which is that an insurance uh, company became the first to finger wag cover psilocybin assisted therapy. Oh, okay. And I don't want to name drop them because insurance is a fucking scam. But the state legal psilocybin therapies that are going on are an absolute rape of your wallet. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, people are, there are people that need this medicine, that need psilocybin help for PTSD, for addiction, for whatever reason. They need this, and they're willing to travel to go to a legal state and have someone guide them through the trip and whatever. But it's a, it starts at like $3,000 for mushrooms. You know, it's just an eye roller. And it's the problem with all this regulated legal market bullshit right. that we've been seeing. Well, yeah, there's That's a, horrible. The and hoops that you have to jump through, none of them are free. <laughs> I watched a video of someone going through the therapy in Oregon specifically and, you know, I've always joked around with it. I wouldn't want to go into a DMV and do my drugs right? when it comes to safe injection sites. Well, this reminded me of a you know, cheap hotel setting where you go into a tiny room. It's private. It's got the flat, boring carpet. And then they put some tapestries up on the wall and give you a little mat on the floor. And someone sits in the corner with you the whole time in case you get uncomfortable. I don't know. Is that really the way to do it? For some people, I suppose. For $3,000, though? Yeah, that's, I that's a be, hell of a barrier to entry. I feel like $3,000 is an island retreat. Right. You know, in paradise. Not for some mushrooms that grow on cow shit. Yeah, with some person you are totally unfamiliar with sitting in a fucking hotel room setting with you with tapestries around. Ugh. I don't know. It's it just seems like a mockery 
you know, of something that's already readily available that God gave us. I don't really know what else to say about it. And now insurance is involved. So, you know, it's just a wonderful, great time. <laughs> now the business model has expanded. In Oregon, you know, they uh, planned to pay for the whole psilocybin project on their own. But they, as we mentioned a few bowls ago, are now tapping into tax dollars to fund it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Campaign promises not met. Anyway. Oh, there's a federal court case, United States versus Eric Matthew Harris, which has to do with pot users owning guns. And a brief was filed in the Third Circuit Court of Appeals on behalf of the Department of Justice saying the silliest thing. Basically, uh, the Biden administration here is worried that pot users won't put their guns away before getting high. That's what they based their whole brief off of. Wow. Um, I will read to you. This case is an example. Harris claimed to lose one of his firearms, potentially at a bar, on the same evening that he smoked marijuana and was drunk. Users are unlikely to put their guns away before using drugs and retrieve them only after regaining lucidity. And (laughs) the whole fact that they said smoking marijuana and was drunk, it's like, okay, I'm more concerned about you being drunk than stoned for sure if anything but i'm also not that concerned (laughs) but if you lose your gun that's on you dude doesn't matter what was in your fucking system high or not high dude you gotta know where your piece is yeah always even if it's like at home somewhere in a spot a gun is not something you just kind of like wonder where it's at oh yeah where did i put my gun list yeah Uh, And then they continue, as explained, drug users are more likely to use firearms to commit crimes to fund their drug habit. Can we stop calling pot a drug? It's a fucking plant. Anyways, engage in violence as part of the drug business or culture. Attack police officers who are investigating their drug crimes and commit suicide. Those risks justify disarming habitual drug users even between periods of drug intoxication. I mean, weed's a drug. But, like, coffee's a drug. Sugar is a drug. There's many drugs. Any chemical that alters your state of being is a drug, right? We just have a different kind of tiered system for how we treat them all in society. Yeah. SSRIs are drugs, you know? Nobody nobody has a fucking safety training day over them. Right. They're not even asking about prescription drugs here. Yeah. Yeah. This makes me also want to pivot to a headline that... (sighs) Was I found horrible. Okay. Uh, you might remember in Virginia earlier this year, a six-year-old boy shot his first grade teacher. Yeah. And I guess there were a lot of warning signs. You're probably not surprised to hear this in the public education system. There were a lot of warning signs about this kid that he might do something. Even on the day of, people were reporting to higher-ups in the school that he had a gun on him. And his backpack was searched, but he was not because the school resource officer could not get permission to search his sweatshirt and clothes. And so... Can't pat down a six-year-old? Yeah. Okay. They they own you for the day, but only as far as, uh, you know, their asses are covered over it. Anyway, his mom... Uh, was charged over this. She got 21 months, but the charge is for using marijuana while owning a gun. That's what they came up with? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how they pinned her. Whoa. Yeah. And, of course, 
using pot, owning a firearm at the same time, it's illegal. Yeah. In the U.S. I mean, weed is still weed Schedule is, 1. Weed is illegal everywhere. Federally prohibited drug under the Controlled Substances Act. Mm-hmm. So. We make this point time after time, bowl after bowl. But yes, weed is not legal anywhere, technically. Yeah. And uh, no, a six-year-old should not have been able to get his hands on a gun, let alone bring it to school. Right. And so, like, you'd think maybe some child endangerment or something like Something that has to do with him taking the gun and shooting somebody, right? But there's nothing uh, in terms of <laughs> attempted murder, manslaughter, anything like that. There's nothing in terms of the endangerment of the welfare of the child. It's just she had weed and a gun. Yep. Fucking crazy. Yeah. So that was um, eye-opening. And I believe <laughs> Hunter Biden is still working his way through the court system after people found out that he owned a gun for a couple days and was also using weed, among other drugs. <laughs> he Wow, he lied when buying that gun Uh-oh. on the background check. Uh, oh, well. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, that's for sure. And there's uh, rules for us and rules for uh, not us. Yeah, that, and, that uh, much is certain. Yeah, it's a big club, but we're not in it. Mm-hmm. In California, the Department of Cannabis Control sent out a press release issuing an embargo on some adulterated products that they found. Now, all of these weed products have to pass safety tests before they're sold to the public. So I don't think from the way it's coming off, there's very little detail being reported on this. But I don't believe they ever made it to dispensary shelves where they could be bought by consumers. Um, but the terminology in here is may contain poisonous or deleterious substances. Mm. Deleterious. I need pronunciation got on that word because I definitely botched it. Delete. Deleterious. Deleterious. Thank you. Yeah. Deleterious. Deleterious. Causing harm or damage. That's a new one for me. Yeah. And it wasn't on my uh, SAT practice sheet. <laughs> Yeah, but poisonous. I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like poison, though. Yeah, well, the do- the dose makes the poison, of course, but... Uh, yeah, they d- have declined to provide any more information, so it's kind of up in the air, but this is the first I'm hearing of an embargo on weed, American weed. Weird. Yeah, I know, with all the regulations, I mean, how does this happen? I, I thought we would be totally protected. All those laws, yeah, you know, that's every step of the way, seed to sale, like, hey, at least it got stopped before it ended up in someone's bowl, I guess. I guess so. Um, another bummer of her story. You remember the True Leave worker in Massachusetts who died um, working in the plant? Yeah. And she was grinding up product. Yep. And, making pre-rolls, I think, right? And, yep, making pre-rolls. And it seems she had a fatal asthma attack. Uh, Definitely stopped breathing well. All at once, the CDC, the NIH, and the Massachusetts Department of Public Health released their reports on the matter and recommendations of what uh, manufacturing companies, I guess that's what you call it, a manufacturing license uh, when you're making pre-rolls and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, ways that they can prevent this from happening in the future. 
But what I thought was interesting is that she was wearing, it sounds like she was the only person in the room wearing a face mask. And it was one that she was bringing from home. So this isn't necessarily uh, a face mask that works, you know, like a painter's mask right. with the actual or filters respirator. and stuff on a respirator. Yeah. I could just picture a little cloth thing that never gets washed that she just throws on every day. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. She was not asthmatic before she started working there. She was 27 years old. Also a, you know, magic number, the 27 club quite prevalent. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate what happened to her, but yeah, like I said, it, there were two other workers in the room with her pretty much at all times and they don't have breathing issues or asthma or any of this. So I don't know when I saw that face, the N95 <laughs> pop up everywhere. Oh, she was wearing it, her own N95. I thought, Ooh, I wonder if that had something to do with it. All I can do is wonder. You got to put a fresh one on in, uh, for seasonal allergies. I've always, mowed the lawn with one of those, you know, pre-COVID fucking stupid era. Because I have grass and pollen allergies, and so when you're mowing the lawn, you kick all that shit up in the air and breathe it directly. And if you're a person who's allergic, you know, you start crying over it and your nose starts running. Oh, yeah. But you put on a fresh mask, and uh, that doesn't happen. Now, you mow the lawn, and you sweat, and you fucking breathe in that thing. It's nasty, and then you throw it out. Wear a new one the next time. And like I said, this... Just says she was bringing it from home, kind of sounding like there's one mask. And you know, during the Koof period, these handmade masks became very trendy. Yeah, just cloth, like a like a tissue, but cotton. I'm gonna get one with my favorite TV show's logo on it. Yes, and I just think that it could cause more harm than good in that case, where you're just breathing back all of your CO2. <laughs> I don't, but what do I know? I'm not a scientist. I read studies. Sometimes they stick. Sometimes they don't. And uh, a woman is dead. So that's unfortunate. But it's this is the only instance of a weed worker's death that I have heard of. And it was made a very big deal for a short period of time before mm. OSHA stepped in and said, okay, we're going to handle this. So stop talking about it because it's all speculation. Yeah. Anyway, um, in Mississippi, there's a new lawsuit that rolled out from a dispensary owner who argues that the advertising ban in the state uh, violates his First Amendment rights. Okay. I can dig it. Um, because the Department of Health has regulations in Mississippi that prohibit advertising in any media, be it TV, newspapers, online with pop-up ads, social media. It's all illegal. The back page of porno magazines. Oh, yeah. No, can't do that in Mississippi. And so what happened to this dispensary owner was he was penalized because he had his location uh, in a high traffic area, but it was a thousand feet within a school, church or daycare. And mm -hmm. I, it seems weird that they would have given him a license knowing that. So I wonder if a daycare or church popped up in the area after he received his license and started a business. So anyway, he had to move shop literally. And now he's in a spot where there's really no foot traffic in an industrial park. So he wanted to advertise and he bought four different billboards near casinos with a $300,000 budget 
Um, and then health department came in with a smackdown against him. So he has to rent those billboards to other businesses and give up his advertising there mm. and try to get that money back through, you know, renting it, the space that he bought. And so he's hoping to win judgment on this case that would override the advertising ban and pay for his attorney fees. Good luck to him, man. Yeah, that's how I feel. But what other, I guess, cigarettes they can't advertise anymore? Yep. Yeah. Although it's just kind do, of a pick and choose type thing, you know? They have signs outside of the gas stations and C stores that sell them with the price and a picture of the pack. This is true. Uh, I feel like you can still see cigarette ads in magazines. I'm trying to think of where else they are. Definitely never see them on TV. Don't hear them on the radio. Not on the radio. Hmm. I don't know. Then every time you got to be like said, hey, this is a kill you. Come get some. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, it needs to kill me a little quicker, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. A long story comes to an end here in the show me state, which is Delta Extraction. They had 60,000 products pulled from stores in this state and other states, uh, Arkansas, definitely, because not only did they use weed that was grown in Missouri, they added some weed or hemp product from other states to it. And that's a no-no, according to Missouri rules. Mm. So their license has been officially revoked by the Division of Cannabis Regulation, and that uh, revocation takes effect December 2nd, or baby Sam's birthday. Look at that. He'll be one, and they will no longer He'll be, be one. operating. He'll be one, and they'll be done. <laughs> That's right. Yikes. But another huge story came out of Missouri this week, which is that St. Louis missed the deadline to file the paperwork needed to start raking in the 3% sales tax on recreational pot that Whoop. voters approved back in April. Whoops. Big whoops for them. Yeah. I mean, more than 40 cities and four counties in the St. Louis area passed a 3% sales tax on recreational weed. Mm -hmm. uh, earlier this month, actually, three St. Louis area municipalities voted to approve this additional 3% sales tax also. Um, Arnold, St. Charles, and St. John. And so that 3% gets stacked on top of the 6% that the state already collects, which goes to veteran services, addiction treatment, and funding for the state's public defender system. This was obviously an oversight because uh, what government would miss out on the opportunity to rake in more money? Right. I mean, politicians and the government in general is constantly missing deadlines. Yeah. But usually yeah. they can just kick the can down the road. And well, you know, they have now filed the paperwork and gotten uh, approval from the yeah. Department of Revenue to start collecting it in January. Yeah. Um, I bet they get any do-over, you know. See, if I miss a deadline, I get a fine or go to jail. They miss a deadline, eh, you know. I was wondering if there's going to be some kind of back tax, but I don't think so. No, you can't it, just you, go around and what? What are you going to do? You have to add it in at the time of purchase. Right. Since it's additional money. That needs to go in and then go back out to the city. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, all these politicians that got quoted by NPR and such other organizations, they're just saying, you know, this is 
ridiculous and horrible, and this St. Louis needs every penny it can get. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, depending on which part. And the parts that really need the money for change probably don't get it. (laughs) That's the thing the government is best at, you know, taking the money from everybody and getting it to where it really needs to go in the most efficient manner. Yeah, lining their own pockets. So, yeah, that was a pretty funny one, I thought. That's a... Someone really fucked up. Yeah, stepped on the old St. Louis banana peel. The best part is some of the um, city councilors that are quoted here, too. They're saying, like, oh, you know, it's not, uh, apparently it's not the Department of Revenue that files this. Like, they just thought, you know, someone above them was going to take charge and do it for them. No, man. If the people have to file for their taxes every year, when you're getting more tax money, you better have to file something for it, too. Yeah, the tax revenue's not coming in, and it's the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. At exactly, the end. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to just blame everyone else for not doing it, but they're all idiots equally yep. that didn't file to receive the money. <laughs> the old, who didn't take the trash out? Uh, everybody. Everyone. Everybody didn't take the trash out, so it's not out. Yep. In New Jersey, the Supreme Court ruled that police can use drug recognition experts to determine if a driver is high or not. Oh, boy. This obviously is pretty disputed because it's very subjective. Yeah. Um, There was a series of limitations that they set into effect here. Like the drug recognition experts, or DREs, as I like to call them, because they're DREs, <laughs> yeah. they can only imply that their evaluation was consistent with someone who ingested drugs. You know, so it's not fact. Right. Obviously. Um, their testimony will be excluded if the state fails to make an attempt to reasonably obtain a toxicology report. That's all fine and good, but if you <laughs> have ingested THC in any way, recent past... You know, probably like 20 days, it's going to pop positive. Yeah. It's just another tool for them to and so, jack up fines on people. Yeah, automatically. It's like, oh, you were high driving, even if you weren't high at the time, because THC comes up in your blood or your urine or your hair follicle. It's such bullshit. And uh, lastly, there is an, going to be an opportunity for cross-examination. So this wasn't a unanimous decision from the court, though. I think the vote was five to two. So two people got it. They were like, hey, this is stupid. You shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Your eyes are kind of glassy, sir. Are you high? No. Well, I think you're high. You're coming with me, bud. Your mustache is unkempt. <laughs> You've been doing drugs. His hair was a bit disheveled. Oh, my God. Oh, well. In New York, Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation this week, which allows weed companies to deduct business expenses from their local New York City taxes. And that kind of expands on their 280E workaround they've already enacted for state taxes. So, hey, a little bit more kickback for the weed companies that, you know, every other company in the world, or in America, is allowed business deductions, but weed companies, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, I said that from the very jump, that was like an equal protection violation. Yeah. So, that's good. It's a step in the right direction, I suppose. Oh, I think that you're absolutely right. (laughs) It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. 
a big investigative piece came out of Syracuse this week um, about all of these weed companies. Okay, there's 27 stores that can sell weed legally in New York, and there are 300 licensed farmers. So that's a lot of supply that they should have available. (laughs) And I know there's a lot of demand because it's weed. But allegedly there's a recording, which I couldn't find anywhere, but was mentioned time and time again in this article, of Damien Fagan, probably Fagan, but I'll call him Fagan. Whatever you like. Of uh, the Office of Cannabis Management. He's the chief equity officer. And this alleged recording, which cannot be heard, said um, he was talking about how these brands, these dispensaries, are buying weed from out of state, which could be potentially cheaper. You know, maybe it's uh, certain strains that they want to carry or whatever. Maybe it's well-known. Like an example is cookies. Mm-hmm. There were cookie signs in the windows and cookies buds behind the counter. Uh, it's a recognized brand name of weed yeah. now. And so he said, we're not going to start a full-fledged crackdown on dispensaries that are doing that. We'd have to lose half our dispensaries probably, and it would further cripple the market. But we'll probably crack down in early 2024. <laughs> Give people time to shuffle. Yeah. Uh, I mean... <laughs> It's another dumb equal protection thing. Like, you know, you don't have to go to Colorado only to enjoy a Coors. You know, they can put that stuff everywhere. Yingling, there's one. It's been around since the beginning, and they only just got it over here. Took them a while. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, A regional bud is going to become a thing. Yeah. People want it from certain areas, certain strains. Yep. I mean, it already has been a thing for a long time. Right. It'll just become more of a thing. Kind of like what happened with bike brewing, you know, beer towns where there weren't beer towns before. Yeah. So the office of cannabis management has already paused all of the administrative trials on those unlicensed shops that got raided. Mm -hmm. So they are just not doing much, really not enforcing much. Um, And this journalist reached out to cookies and they totally denied contracting with anyone out of state, especially in New York. Which, hey, that's how you cover your ass. Yeah. Yeah, you let the lawyers respond to those questions. Yeah. So. Couldn't be me. New York has been a slow roll, though, oh on this legalization. It's pathetic. Very and wild. They've got a handful of dispensaries in New York City. They're like, okay, we're not going to fill the bowls of everyone in that population, I guess. Nah. But Emerald Market ain't going nowhere. Right, exactly. The free market is here to stay, baby. In Ohio, politicians are unhappy with legalization that voters passed, and they are looking for ways to change it. Dirty rats. And take away, you know, maybe home grow. Um, now, did they but, do constitutional or did they do statutory? Oh, they did a constitutional amendment. So it'll be tougher for the legislature to yeah, they're, weasel their way in. They're talking about... Um, putting some amendments into an unrelated house bill mm, yeah, and using that as a vehicle to pull back some of the freedoms <laughs> in this legalization. Yeah. I uh, guess you'd have to challenge it with the court at that point. Yeah. As unconstitutional. haha, Fuck you. It's funny. Cause they know they can't just introduce new standalone legislation, especially at this point in time. They can't do uh, some backhand bullshit but, either, man. For the same reason they can't do a standalone. Like I'm so sick of the, 
corruption in our well, laws. Yeah, that's and what st- really pisses me off is everywhere you look, the politicians that are bitching about this say that the voters are dumb and didn't know what they were voting for. Of course. Right. That's what you would say. Yeah. It's just frustrating. And one of the main things that um, the Republican side are running on is that the first people to get licenses are going to be social equity is the term that's been given to it. But people with a criminal record related to weed. And so they're like, oh, my God, if the people knew that criminals were going to be ushered into this system, they would never have voted for it. <sighs> it's like it's a fucking plant. First of all, like they shouldn't have a record over yeah, right. weed. Right. Exactly. They're not criminals. They're criminals to you because you're a fuckhead. <laughs> well, and you know how many criminals are welcomed into McDonald's or Home Depot or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever else you go. People got to work. People got to make money. You know, and I, it's just a little bit. It's cringe whenever anyone a little bit says cringe, that exactly. you voted for something because you're dumb. Oh, they didn't know what they were voting for. No, I will. Like, why even have votes at all, you fucking scumbags? That's what they'd like, though, of course. Oh, yeah. They'd love it that way. But it doesn't matter because here they are already working a way to change it. You know, they're no. already in the talks about how we can roll back the freedoms of legalization in Ohio. Just gross. Um, I don't know. I had more to say, but it's gone, and it probably didn't matter. <laughs> in Oklahoma, <laughs> officials seized 36 tons of black market weed, as they call it, last week. It's just untraceable, untagged plants, which were at licensed grow operations. Mm. So, okay, it's black market. Didn't track seed to sale. Yep. And then this week, they seized more than 77,000 plants. So, and that was over, this week's was between six different grows. Wow. Now, Oklahoma has been having some crazy stuff going on with Chinese nationals procuring licenses, and who knows what they're doing with that weed after it grows. That's where all the violence is, though, it seems, in Oklahoma, is between these Chinese nationals working at these pot farms. So, it's a wild west. It's the wild west all over again with a regulated legal weed. I much prefer the free market. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? It would be nice. Oh, that's what I was going to say about the Ohio legalization thing when they assert that the voters are dumb. Yeah. I don't believe that many voters read the whole legislation page to page. Yeah. I think it was like nine pages. It wasn't that long. Sure. I read the whole thing, you know, and I saw, oh, here's the new fines and the new, you know, I, I mentioned that. If you're under 18, you're going to get even, a criminal record yeah, for it. Probably even more trouble yeah. than before. And everyone else is going to pay fines when they don't do as they say. And uh-huh. There's limits on where you can grow and such, you know. And a lot of people don't read every word. That's fine. Yeah. They're not dumb. Well, that's the whole point of having ballot language approved that sums it up, which is a meticulous process overseen by a bunch of fucking other parts of the government. You know, they get their ballot language, what actually appears next to the question. But, you know, they everybody was peppered with what that vote was all about in the run-up. That's the whole yeah. point of the campaign. Like, if you really believe, if you truly honestly believe that the voters didn't know what the fuck they were voting on, then that's your failure to campaign properly. Exactly. That's your failure to inform the voters or whatever. Or misinform them to get them, you know what I mean? It's an information war. Every and, day. Yeah, and to say that you're not in their planet is bullshit. They're in their planet. We know they're in their planet. 
they just it just didn't go their way. That's obviously yeah. the the whole reason why they're whining. Yep. So man, if they if they have their way though and make changes, ugh, I'm gonna be so fucking mad. Yeah, when me they go too. against the will of the people. Yeah, well, that's part of why you do a constitutional amendment, so it's a lot harder for them to do that. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, they're the legislature. They can make life really shitty no matter what. Yep, where there's a will. <laughs> uh, that's all I got tonight. Well, that's for that. a good curtain report. We uh, now turn to the Reverend Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker. That is woo, and he's got a new metal moment for us. A new metal moment for us. He's only got one. I got all excited. But no, he's got one metal moment. Are you ready? I am ready. Just a moment. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Now, I hadn't planned on using this song for this week's Metal Moment, but when the Algo gods drop something like this in your lap, you kind of go with it. Formed in Tokyo in 2015, Hanabi is known for incorporating elements of metalcore, hardcore punk, new metal, hip-hop, electronica, and J-pop. Initially a cover band, these four ladies soon transitioned into writing original music, self-producing their first single in 2016. From the 2023 album Reborn Superstar, this is Hanabi. This is the year to be a gal, early summer version. There you go. I want more. That was great. High energy. High energy indeed. Well, thank you, Rev. The algos uh, did us well for one time ever. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to take off all your algos and uh, follow Sir Reverend Cybertrucker, he's over at noagendasocial.com, at Rev Cybertrucker. I I am thankful to the Rev and his metal moment, week after week, bowl after bowl. No doubt. Yeah, that's why we send a little of the value his way. Yep. Yeah, he's getting a piece of all the action now, even though he fought against it for a long time. He's he's uh he's in. Yeah. 
he can do more now. He has more value to wield, uh, which is great. What a guy. We love him. We also love all the bowlers calling in, letting us know the first time that they ever did a thing in a little weekly topic game we like to play. We call it the first time I ever. This time happens to be the first time I ever used Craigslist. Remember? Remember the first time you ever used Craigslist? Oh, yeah, I remember. You remember yours? The bowlers might remember some of theirs, but there's some foggy memories out there. You got to call 816-607-3663 or text or act it out in an MMS video or whatever, whatever you want to do. Just relay the story. First time you ever used Craigslist. It was a magical time when we were first doing it. Uh, And let's see what this caller has to say. In the bowl. In the bowl. Down the lane. Oh, yeah. Or down the gutter. Hopefully not. No. Outfit, right? Every once in a while, though. Um, Craigslist. Craigslist. Actually, it was on Craigslist just the other day. Um, (laughs) You're on Craigslist the other day. Just looking at kind of jobs and then also like, oh, what they had on the free section. But I don't know if I actually ended up actually opening it up. But I remember I was going to. Um, Yeah. But the uh, first time, man, been around for so long. It has. Like, you know, the one ads on the, the internet. Um, we're on there a lot. I mean, I've got like a few, I know I've got like a few free things on there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going there anymore. I use like other stuff, but not Facebook or nothing. But like my wife and her family, they've got a ton of stuff off the Facebook marketplace and, and selling stuff and stuff for free and whatnot and, and anyway uh yeah so i mean i just i don't specifically remember do you remember like look yeah you know, i've looked for jobs in there and i've got like a few little day jobs or you know like a couple day jobs kind of thing like just you know literally a day or so um just to get yeah get some dollaroos some gig work man. um back in the day yeah um, you know just under under the table kind of stuff but uh yeah, just one of those. Still never like super trusted it, and uh, just because, just like any any job site, even but just the scamminess of uh, what it can be. But uh, yeah, I know people uh, did did well. My, my dad would do uh, would uh, sounds weird, but sell different just services like traits that he that he did and uh, um, whatnot. And but uh, yeah, so I like have a different number though because just get start to get spammy so no doubt well that's craigslist not a, not a whole lot there anyway uh yeah but i guess you can keep on keep on keep on looking at it you know look at me so get the free stuff and I'm looking at it right now somebody might post something or whatever but uh yeah all right well i love you guys stay love you and you know whether or not you're looking for free or you're looking for something that's not free you can always give a hearty caca Crack an egg on it. Caca! Oh my god. Still haven't gone and got that, huh? <laughs> no, so I'll just say it for now. We're gonna get it. Well, thank you, Cacaller. Appreciate you, Cacaller. Yeah, gig work on Craigslist. That's a good uh, move. They're looking for uh, standout male models right now over here. Ooh. You know why? Why? Their 2024 wrestling singlet calendar. Oh. Is coming out. They're looking for the stars of it. 
and it could be you. But you don't have to be a wrestler. You just have to be a no, standout no, no. male. You definitely have to be a wrestler. Oh, okay. you have to look like a wrestler at the very least. And it's yeah. very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to look like a wrestler without being a wrestler. It's gotta, a hard. It's a hard look to fake. Gotta have that cauliflower ear. Yeah, you don't even necessarily have to. But like the neck and the jaw need to just be exactly right in line with one another. Mm. You gotta have traps going on. Yeah. Uh, and that's just by nature of grabbing dudes and throwing them around, you know, yeah. and then trying to keep dudes from grabbing you. The traps just, there's a lot of traps in that. It's a trap. The old trapezius muscle, man, fucking gets absolutely engaged. It's a hard look to fake. And then you're, <laughs> you're also probably going to have like one of three types of haircuts. Oh, you know, sure. Short. And there's two of them right there. There's two of them right there. Yeah. Like this guy in the front probably has the longest possible one of the three. Just like a little kind of woofed that's still short, you know? A woofed. Yes, of a course. Woofed. Got a little woofed there. Yeah. A tuft of bang in the front. Swoops to a side. A tuft of bang. Yeah. Bang tuft. I thought you said tuft to bang. I was like, what are you talking about? Hey, not for the people buying that calendar. It's hard, but not that hard. That's my <laughs> summation. Yeah. You remember the first time you were on uh, Craigslist? I do. It was 2007. Whoa. I was about 14 years old. Okay. I liked alternative fashion. I liked J-Rock. And a lot of my outfits were basically loose cosplay from the J-Rockers outfits that I liked. And I would just piece together myself. Yeah. And uh, dream about being a visual K artist, I guess. Mm -hmm. And a core part of these outfits were a certain type of shoe. Known as creepers. Creepers, yeah. Yeah, are you familiar? Mm-hmm. They're like platform. The fat, thick, chunky boot things. Um, They're not quite boots. They look They're like, like old uh, people shoes yeah, with a platform. They look like <laughs> restaurant service shoes. They look like clogs, basically. Yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I'd call them a clog. Yeah, cloggy. Mm. No, they just remind me of like old lady shoes with a oh, platform okay. on the bottom. And they okay. have like checkers on the front, usually. Yeah. Uh, they... I feel like this is kind of cloggy a little. Just a toe. Maybe. Anyway, I really wanted some creepers. And I started looking on Craigslist for used shoes. Oh, yeah. Horrible. I know, that's so stupid. But one day, a pair of blue creepers popped up, and they were size 5. And I got so excited. I expressed to my grandparents why I needed these shoes so bad. They were only 20 bucks, And even now... If you're going to buy creepers, I mean, they start at $50, I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at TUK footwear right now, which is kind of the master of creepers, and they go for $110. So yeah. there's a clearance pair there's that's only, all black for 55 Only two left in your size. Yeah. So grandma was like, yeah, okay, I will... I'm very uncomfortable with internet transactions. <laughs> you know, it was a long talk. It was... Oh, there's all these dangers and someone could kill you, blah, Uh blah, blah. Okay, whatever. So I wasn't allowed to go. I was also 14 at the time, so I didn't have a car anyway to just show up and pick them up. So my grandparents decided that they would go together. You know, my grandpa's like, I'll carry. He's got his little, you know, ex-law enforcement gun license he's allowed. I'll back you up. Back you up. Watch your six. (laughs) (laughs) And so... They uh, went there, and I guess it was south of Boston. I lived on the South Shore, so it was probably like 15, 20 minutes away. Okay. And they came back with the shoes. (laughs) 
And I was so excited to see them because they were beautiful blue creepers. But. But. They were a size five men's. Oh, no. Which is not a size five women's. No, it sure isn't. And I'm also not a size five. I'm a size four, but I can wear extra socks to fit in a five or a six, you know, if if the shoe is really worth it. Right. (laughs) That was my mentality at the time. And so I tried so hard. I put on like four pairs of socks and was like, I'm going to make this work. But it's. Like I think it's like a size seven in women's, the yeah. five in men's. It's like two I think sizes two up. up. Yeah, I think that's right. And it wasn't gonna work, and I was heartbroken. And uh, they, my grandparents were able to resell them on eBay. Sure, you know? yeah, probably made a little bit of. And chew. they ma- probably made more, but it was out of my hands at that point in time. I was so bummed out about it. <laughs> so some creepers on Craigslist were a misconnection for you, huh? Yeah, definitely. Missed the foot connection. Yeah, and it sucks because if I had been with them for the transaction, I could have said, oh, that, that's not my Those size. Are way too big, yeah. That's, that's a men's five. Yeah. Whoops, my bad. Well, at least no one got shot. No, no. <laughs> you know, it's always worst case scenario with my family. Uh-huh. It, but it's also game theory. You got to be ready. Always be prepared. Oh, I'm not saying don't be ready. I'm always ready. Just, uh, you know, you got to leave me at home. <laughs> yeah. I could be ready there on site and if everybody's ready who cares you know like, i know and as a horny 14 year old i just couldn't help but wonder like the hottie behind those shoes too <laughs> you know if it was a gal we could have been good friends if it was a boy well, then ooh la la yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's all right they protected me i guess sheltered me but did they protect and shelter this next caller it's our last caller as of right now by the way oh wow the last caller what the hell? I'm it's pretty that, sure more bowlers have used Craigslist. Not that many bowlers using Craigslist, but this oh. one did. Bowlers. Bowler. Burritos, burritas, doritos, doritas. Fire chips. Tortillas, Crispy. Tor- Crunchy. Oh, collar? Are you okay? How y'all doing? Oh, there you oh, are. Great. Good. Had good. me scared. I'm doing pretty good myself. That's good. I'm good that you're good. First time, uh... I ever used Craigslist. <laughs> uh oh. I like that laugh. This is um, gonna be good. I was selling a bass amp. Yeah. It was a uh, uh by a brand named Custom. Had a fifteen inch speaker and uh, a bunch of gizmos. I think I sold it for three hundred bucks to this mm. Mexican guy. He looked really nervous, like he was afraid I was gonna rob him or something. <laughs> but it all turned out good. You got my 300 bucks, you got his base amp. That was, uh, that was a long time ago. Man, the 20, 20 odd single digits before 2010. Them Bush eras, um, man. Yeah, and then I sold other shit on there, bought shit off there. Uh, found a really good masseuse there. And not like, you know, not the sucky sucky, you know, rubby wrong time. No like, happy, happy ending? ending sort of <laughs> masseuse, but like <gasps> real legit like deep tissue because my back is fucked up nice and that was cool but then she turned out to be really weird go figure somebody you find on craigslist to rub your body turns out to be weird i was hoping <laughs> you turned out to be pretty mm-hmm. weird man <laughs> fuck uh, yeah i met some other cool people like <laughs> took a lot of pe- people's pictures uh nude semi nude non-nude mm. fucking you know good times people that like to party and, uh, yeah, and, you know, 
it sucks they took it off, but there are other places you can go on the internet to find very similar things that people would go to Craigslist for, you know, missed connections and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know. Like, oh, what's it called now? See, I don't do that weird shit anymore. Oh. Maybe I should get back into it. Good show material. <laughs> Doublelist.com. That's what it was. Double. Yeah. Go there for, you know, your Craigslist light or heavy. <laughs> you didn't get that. Never mind. I love you guys. Uh, in the bowl. In the bowl. Uh-oh. Stuck us at the end. Now you got me curious. It's the, that's the most dangerous thing to do in the bowl. Bring in some curiosity. Thanks a lot, caller. Yeah, thank you, caller. Appreciate you, caller. What about you? You remember your first time ever using Craigslist? I do remember. Uh, it was actually only a little before you. Oh. It was 2006. Oh, wow. I was 16. Nice. And I needed a car. Ah. And I had my own little money saved up. And a few hundred bucks. So I had, you know, I had a budget. I had to work with it. And I had to go get a car. I did end up finding a 1997 Saturn SC2. Plain blue. Stick shift. Five speed. Um, 500 bucks. Nice. Had like 285,000 miles on it. That thing would be like five grand today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not five grand, but yeah. Not cheap. No, look at used cars. Used cars are... It's horrifying. Scary. Scary high. But yeah, I probably put five or 10,000 miles of my own on it and blew the engine out. Just jackassing around like a high school kid with his first car. Yeah. Trying and failing to impress the ladies. I remember, uh, I feel like I already told this story. I ripped the axle out of that stupid thing. Popping the clutch. Trying to squeal rubber, you know? Mm-hmm. You definitely told someone recently, but I don't think it was on Bull After Bull. Well, it was an awful, uh, it was an awful attempt to squeal, squeal some rubber at a stop sign. <laughs> it just ended up ripping the axle and then it was just, uh, spinning freely on its own and not turning the wheel and going thump, 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 thump when I would put it into gear and try to drive. I, that seems hard to do. Like almost impressive level that you were able to do that. Yeah. It took like probably legitimately a couple of hundred times of popping the clutch and jerking to a super fast start to get it to happen <laughs> but you know it's just like a regular college kids commuter vehicle for like all its life and it's just been doing that for years and years and all of a sudden it's a 97 so it's like almost a 10 year old car right yeah and then it's got all these miles on it it's made it almost three hundred thousand miles and some fucking 16 year old gets a hold of it and just drives the as hard as it can <laughs> yeah like, you know car says oof man not gonna handle all that no. Yeah. It was nearing the end of its life. Thinking it was heading towards retirement, and then, well, ripped to shreds. Ripped to shreds, man. We did get a uh, collar slipping in. Ooh. We guilted one one more bowler into uh, giving us a ring. You want to hear that? <laughs> I do. I can't believe it worked. Hey, so TJ the Rascal here. Hey! Yeah, you know, I just used to just get cars and stuff on Craigslist. Yeah, there you I go. I remember the first thing. But one interesting, interesting thing that did happen to me on Craigslist uh, when I well, moved to Missouri, when I lived in Missouri a short time, mm-hmm. uh, I changed my number for whatever reason, and I got a like, Missouri 417 area code, which I still have to this day. Oh, nice. And um, well, after I got that number, I just got would get text after text after text saying, hey, saw you on Craigslist, looking good. Want to meet up at the truck stop? Oh, no. Oh, shit. 
like it happened forever and ever. And just be it, like, you know, out doing my thing, my family, all that, and just get these messages. And sometimes people would send pictures too. Oh. <laughs> and you know, uh, the way I grew up and everything, it was just like, what's going on over there? Hey, oh. But uh, yeah, that's what I think of when I think of Craigslist. In the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Surely that number was scrawled on some bathroom walls somewhere. Yeah, for a good time. Need to cross all of those out and just write eight one six six zero seven three six six three in their place. <laughs> That's right. We'll take your uh, awkward picture messages. Yeah, and keep them safely. Yeah, so safe. <laughs> uh, Christopher Battles told me to live dangerous. Stay dangerous. Okay, we'll keep them dangerously. Oh man! But oh, yep. I don't know what to do for the next first time I ever. Hmm. I have a list. Um, After Thanksgiving. I was going to say, I feel like it should be maybe Thanksgiving related or it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be anything. First time I ever uh, Black Friday shopped. I don't know. Mm, Yeah, you could do that. It's kind of a snooze. I'm trying to actually remember mine. Do you want me to read? uh, It didn't start becoming a thing until I was like in... We were teens, right? Ready to graduate high school, kind of. Yeah. It's a weird phenomenon. Then they just made it into a thing. And then it became, like, terrifying. Yeah, it's just dumb. I don't even want to do the F-tie on it. No, okay. First time I ever went to Chinatown, experienced fight or flight, went magnet fishing. I like Chinatown. Okay. Let's go to Chinatown. Let's go to Chinatown. Oh, this is the one I've been waiting on. We just had a voicemail. Oh, yay! Just had a voicemail. You want to hear it? I want to hear it. We might have had one. Oh, oh, I hear bubbles. Bowlers. Bowler. Spencer. Florian. Sir Seat Sitter. Good evening to you both. I mean, circus media. I'm so fucking stoned. (laughs) Passing to the left hand side. Pass to the left. This is uh, circus media. Enjoying the show tonight. Circus Media. How you doing, man? First time I ever went on Craigslist. Not very exciting. Oh, it's, really? Uh, you know, looking for an apartment. Oh, okay. Moving okay. out of the folks' house. Yeah. Apartments. You know, first time out on our own. Roommates lined up. Alcohol ready. We were ready for a good time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But the most interesting Craigslist exchange I've had. Now we're talking. I think that was probably in Spokane. I uh, I think I had a an old, small little amp. Okay. I sold my guitar to a buddy of mine before I left town. I still had the amp. He didn't need it. Put it on, uh, on Craigslist and met the interested buyer. The gentleman was, uh, you know, like 60, 65. I don't remember what it was for. 40 bucks or whatever. Just met him. And uh, gave me the cash. And then asked me if I was interested in some weed. Oh. And you know what? Yeah. I'd be interested in some weed. I'm interested. So he just gave me a quad. He gave me some, uh, some, wasn't wax. It was, uh, you know, the, bu- the butter. Um, but yeah. Shattered. Transaction. Value for value. Peer to peer. It's a beautiful thing. Nice. Love you guys. Have a good night. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the media. bowl. Good to hear from you, brother. Sliding in. I love it. I knew more bowlers used Craigslist. Yeah, man. They just forget. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Us stoners were a special type of person. 
forget stuff, don't read things right. So that's just a mess. <laughs> just a mess, but you gotta love us because what else you what is what else are you gonna do? Yeah, hating is a waste of energy. Just lovable guys. Uh yeah, appreciate the weigh in. So so call 816-607-3663 or send a text message and tell us about the first time you ever went to Chinatown. Absolutely. Yeah. Or chime in on old topics too. You know, the the beauty of the F ties is they never expire. Yeah. Always and, always interested in a good story of the first time you ever did whatever. And first Void Zero's Bulls with Buds is coming up Friday. So if you got questions for him, of course leave them. That's right. Yeah. If you've if you've ever had a question, you've just been itching all these years to ask Void Zero. Call in and ask it. Now's your big chance. Now's your big chance. Well, you know what I say. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. It's the only thing left to do. A jury found a 33-year-old man guilty of fatally shooting someone over a parking space in North Columbus, Ohio. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. I've been mad about parking situations before, but never mad enough to murder. No. Not even mad enough to consider it. No. And I have straight up had spots stolen as I'm like turning into it. Oh yeah, it's people f- can get real cutthroat, but uh yeah, especially this time of year. It's true. And with all the construction, my god. Ugh. But nowhere I- to park. But just, you know what? Smoke a little weed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before you go for a drive, I guess. I promise there are other spots. Not legal advice. <laughs> but yeah, there are other spots. And maybe you just shouldn't be out shopping anyways, and you don't need the crap. Well, you need food, though. That kind of sucks. Hopefully you can grow your own. Um, In Tennessee, two men were charged with stealing 33 guns from the Greenville Mall. That's a lot of guns to get away with for a minute. No doubt. From a mall. From, from a, a mall. Yeah. The they cojones. S- they still exist. The cojones it takes to steal 33 guns from a mall. I just know. Uh, it looks like a sporting goods store that they hit. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I thought all the mall sporting goods stores were done with guns. Like dicks and all them fucking... This is a name I don't recognize. Dunham's. Dunham Sports. Never heard of Dunham's. Dunham's still keeping it uh, locked down. Yeah. Just not very well. <laughs> I've never done them before. I'd do them. <laughs> Nice. Not steal guns from them, though, but I would oh, uh, fuck no. look around. It's <laughs> <That's> absurd. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, you got to be out of your mind, kid. Yeah. They were, and then they got caught, because that's what happens. Yeah. Womp womp. <laughs> that was a misfire. Uh, another weird 33 story this week. Oh, boy. You know, uh, another age, but... This 33-year-old man seems to have been in a relationship with a foster kid who was 17. Mm. And she ran away from foster care. Got him in trouble once before. And so, you know, he was found to have an inappropriate relationship with her. So he had to wear a GPS monitor, got to that level, and wasn't supposed to contact her. Um, But she ran away from wherever she was staying. And it seems as though he might have been hiding her in his room 
But he happened to live with his mommy, 33-year-old guy, mm. hiding a 17-year-old in his room. Good God. she, this is all in Ohio, by the way, uh, so second Ohio story of the lanes, she told him, she gave him an ultimatum. Okay. You have five hours to kill your mother because she's fucking this all up for us. Oh, no. And he didn't do it. Of course. Because, yeah. He's, he's not a psycho. No, but she was. But he's psycho enough to <laughs> be seeing a 17-year-old. Uh, okay. Yeah, half his age, foster kid, a lot of red flags here. <laughs> yeah. Already got in trouble for it. Troubled youths. Uh, she grabbed a rock and bludgeoned his mother to death in the kitchen. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then together they took the mother's body and threw it in a dumpster at an apartment complex where it was taken to landfill before anyone, you know, realized what had happened or that there was a body. And they had time to go to Mexico, but they were found in Mexico. Oh, my God. And so now, um, well, you know, they're in court uh, getting charged with all of this. But the headline was Canton teen gave 33 year old boyfriend five hours to kill his mother, but ended up doing it herself. Police say, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do everything myself. Holy crap. Bonk, 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 bonk. I see an original film in the future surrounding these incidents. Oh, no. You know, they'd love to glorify violent it's crime. Awful. It's horrible. Yeah. Trauma based entertainment. If it bleeds, it leads, baby. <sighs> oh, this uh, Florida man is on the lanes because he had some voices in his head that gave him some pretty bad ideas that he followed through with. Oh, man. I know. The voices in his head told him that he should rob a Dollar General. Okay. And so he went and he roughed up the cashier, um, just kind of grabbed him by the arm before he could call 911. Snagged some cash from the cash register and ran on foot. Uh, the cops saw him, but he was able to escape from him. Huh. He was able to get away. Well, two days later, the voices were back. And you know what they said to him? Rob the same Dollar General. Rob the same Dollar General. Damn it. How did I guess? So he walked in. He was immediately recognized by the employees there. Yeah. And uh, he had to really beat the shit out of the guy this time before getting cash out of the self-checkout machine somehow. Oh, my God. And then uh, he was located and detained a quarter mile away. Oh, no. Yeah. Womp fucking womp. But, God, you know, tell me. when the voices in your head appear, you got to silence them. <laughs> They're not yours. Most of the time, I would say. There's gut intuition. Sure. You know, that's like, oh, uh, you know, I got a bad feeling about this. And you should definitely listen to that when that crops up. Yeah, when you're talking to yourself or internal monologue. When I says to myself, self, anything. Yeah, but when it involves, like, you should well, yeah, if it's steal, like, you should rob, you should kill. If it's the should... evil bad voice whispering you to tell you the, do, to do the evil bad thing, yeah, that's, no, that's to be rejected. You gotta oh. differentiate it. You gotta learn that when you're little. Yeah. It's no. Yeah. And also. Say not today, Satan. Get the fuck out of here. When the cops are interrogating you, don't tell them. <laughs> you had voices in your head. I mean, come on. Don't talk to them at all. Yeah. It's, then it we doesn't... wouldn't have this headline of voices in his head told him to rob a Dollar General twice. <laughs> and it doesn't help you legally. 
to no. have voices in your head. I feel yeah. like some people are just playing that angle. Definitely. You they think they can get off on temporary yeah. insanity or whatever and leave that up to your attorney. Yeah. This isn't a TV show, man. Well, yeah. Definitely not. But maybe crazier than fiction, there's a story out of Alabama this week where a woman who has two uteruses found out that she's pregnant with twins, one in each womb. Double strike. Yeah. It's a uh, one in 50 million chance. Whoa. Now, she's 32. She's already had three children, all just singles, you know? Yeah. Two girls, one boy. Now she is going to have two girls. And I guess the way this works for her, having the two uteri, is that together they're the size of one. It's like having one that's split in half. So, obviously, since there are um, two separate eggs with two separate sperm involved, they're going to be fraternal twins and not identical twins. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's an interesting situation. No doubt. Um, because then, you know, like labor can start differently at different times. And she talks in the article about how she's planning to have a vaginal birth, as she did with her other three children. And her doctor says if she goes into labor and one baby's born, then they're going to induce the second. And already right there, I was like, hmm. Oh. I just wonder what the harm of letting that baby decide when it's ready would be, you know? And I also have this feeling that once one starts, the other one's going to get going anyway. It seems right. Um, But two separate wombs, you never know. Uh, But then they've decided that if she doesn't go into labor on her own, neither one of them starts moving around like, hey, I'm ready to get out now. She has an induction date for December 22nd. Hmm. So... I don't know. Start jogging. Yeah. And you know, when things like this happen, the medical industry just gets so excited. You know, like she's got this the medical team, as they call it. And they're talking about, you know, touting their hospital and saying like, oh, it's such a privilege to have this case here because it's so rare, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, you know what? With cases like this, we like to do a C-section just to be safe. Of course. It yeah. starts coming up. The intervention yep. starts coming up already. And, you know, I mentioned, oh, one baby's born. We're going to induce the other. Oh, you know, you got two uteri. We're going to just try and talk you into a C-section lady. And she says that um, a double cesarean is definitely a last resort in her mind. And she has been forthcoming about that with her medical team and with the press, to be fair. Um, but, you know... The last sentence, of, one of the last sentences of the article is her doctor saying, well, the most unpredictable part is delivery. Do we deliver vaginally? Do we deliver by C-section? Besides published case studies, there's limited guidance. Like, man, I just... So just was, roll with it, dog. Exactly. But they can't, because when you go oh, into a hospital... It's just, it's just so hard to predict. So stop trying, man. Just fucking relax. You just know that they just want to get their hands on it. Yeah, that's all they want. And also, once you walk in there, it's kind of a time issue too. Or hey, that's a bed you're taking up. We got to clear it out of for course, someone else, right? Yeah, every every second ticks off the clock is and money. A, hey, a C-section at least that's you know slice and dice, baby. And it's all evaluated as such. You know, like it has yes. to be. Like it's it's not even a b- issue of right or wrong. It just by very nature of what's going on, it has to be evaluated in in those terms. 
Yeah. Because there are books and there is money involved and (sighs) just no other way around it. I always wonder what the hospital does with the placentas if the mothers don't ask for them. It's got to turn into like some beauty cream or something, right? They got to sell it on the flip side. I don't know. (laughs) Probably. Ugh. Anyway, this next story comes with a video, so I'm going to post the link in the chat. And if you're not in the chat listening live, well, you missed out, but it is in the show notes. There you go. Of course. And this comes from across the pond in Dorset, England, where a girl decided to go on her first ghost tour with her friends. And there was a whole bunch of skeptics. They just were like, let's do this for laughs. You know, maybe we'll get a good jump scare or something. Let's freak each other out, sit in the dark for a while. Well, as the story goes, this is an 18th century Georgian manor. So it's had a lot of lifetimes go through it. And the person leading the tour had wanted to get in here for a long time. They reported hearing loud bangs and the voices of children. But at one point, the protagonist of this story, the woman, her name's Katie, she thought that a ghost pulled her hair. And her friend said, well, there was nothing behind you. So, you know, I doubt it. You know, they just kind of laughed it off. The tour guide there, the ghost hunter guide said, hey, I don't think you realize this, but I had a camera set up behind you. So if something pulled your hair, we should see it move. And gosh darn it, if I don't see her hair move, I do. A piece of her hair fucking moves, dude, (laughs) before she jumps and says something pulled my hair. It's almost like. Okay, no one can see you, though. It's almost like. uh, It was just like that. If she reaches up over her left shoulder and like flicks it with her finger, maybe. Well, I guess maybe it could be staged. Wow, here you are trying to be a debunker. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Did I have debunk on your hair? Okay, yes. Okay. I, I don't see, see her shoulders. I see a piece of hair move I can, back. Yeah, I see the hair move back. And it comes from under the hair that we see from behind. It seems... Okay, so my initial deal was I missed it because it she she reacts a, like a little bit late. It's like you see the hair go, and then you see her go. And it's like two seconds different. Like, okay, hair, her. Yeah. It's like a second and a half. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That seems weird. But hey, I don't know. I'm not saying it wasn't a ghost. Yeah, and I think this is a fun time to bring up a personal story I have about getting my hair pulled by something that wasn't there. Okay. (laughs) Just since we're on the lanes. Our first apartment together used to be a tavern in the 1800s. Yeah. And so I think upstairs were rooms for, you know, services or to spend the night, like a hotel, maybe, uh, if you got too drunk or whatever. And we had an extra bedroom in our apartment. And we also had a dog, uh, Murphy. We still have Murphy. He's our oldest dog. A very good boy, but an old boy. And he would not go in that back room. And also one of our friends who's Native American, would not go in that back room and was like, that back room creeps me the fuck out. I said, yeah, it's kind of weird. When I would carry Murphy into the back room, he would growl. And I didn't have any reason to think that I should be worried about it. But anyway, lots of horrible things happened while we lived in that apartment building. Um, And we weren't allowed to have a dog there, so that was already uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we... Planned our move out, and we were boxing shit up. And I was I was walking out of that 
damn back room. I was home alone with Murphy and I was boxing stuff up and I turned and I left the back room and it felt like something violently pulled my ponytail where I had to do a step back and I was so freaked out. I had to leave the apartment and just go see you. Because I said, I remember mm-hmm. texting you. I'm like, something just fucking grabbed my hair. Something that's not there. Like a ghost, dude. I think a ghost just tugged my hair. That was not cool. That's also the same apartment where that flash of light came in through the window with that sound like an old camera. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Scary times. It was a weird spot for sure. Mm-hmm. A snake was murdered. Very creepy. <laughs> Bad energy there. You you had a more forceful yank. This lady got like a little. Yeah, it looks like a flicker. A flick, yeah. And my, I felt like my whole ponytail got pulled. Like someone was trying to drag me back or drag me down. Yeah. Here, it's almost like seeing the movement. It's it's almost crazy that she even reacted to it. So to undebunk it, like what if the ghost just like flicked her hair and then she actually sensed it like running away? Mm. And that's yeah. what the late reaction is. She didn't even feel it. She didn't feel the hair necessarily. But she but says it pulled her hair, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. And I like, I kind of like her debunk angle where we can't see her shoulders at all. We just like, see her head. All, from- all I'm saying, all I'm saying is I am confident I can recreate that same video for you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I can should. <laughs> I can recreate a video of me doing that for sure, especially with the black and white dark mode. Oh, yeah. And, I, I can do that. And better still... You I'm can, not saying that she did or did not or whatever. That's all I'm saying. Better still, you could recreate that video and using the podcasting 2.0 protocol, receive boostograms through oh the lightning God. network for it for value. You fucking nerd. <laughs> it's true. You nerd always podcasting about your podcast. Hey, now. Oh, now, now. <laughs> oh, speaking of hair. <laughs> In New Zealand, cops started getting calls from very concerned people about a car driving around that had hair hanging out of the trunk. I don't know why, but being trapped in a trunk is like in the top five random phobias I have. Yeah. And so, yeah, like hair sticking out of a trunk freaks me the fuck out, too. But I would not call the cops over it. I would just say, well, that's fucking weird. (laughs) And mind my own business. (laughs) Maybe I'm part of the problem. I don't know. So anyway, they stopped this car. They found it. They found the hair sticking out, too. And they approached the owner of the car, which is a 26-year-old woman. And she had a good laugh over it because she is training to be a hairdresser and had her mannequin, which she named Cher, in the back for like a week. And just a tuft of that hair was hanging out. Nice. Yeah. It's nice when it has a nice ending. No doubt. Helps my score at the end. Oh, definitely. It's been a rough start. Hey, but we got to roll a turkey for Thanksgiving. That's right. So maybe the next one will be a strike, too. Um, In Arizona, the Petrified Forest National Park caught a unicorn on their trail camera. What the fuck? Yeah. Once again, you got to see it to believe it. I'll post it in the chat. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, of course, um, people came in and were able to say what it really is. Which is a yearling male elk with uh, his first set of antlers. And they lose them at different times, but it seems like this guy lost an antler prematurely, <laughs> maybe fighting okay. with another elk or something. <laughs> the most underwhelming unicorn ever. There's one angle that's great where his head is, you know, 
sideways oh, and okay. just that horn sticks up and his ears okay. are back. I like That's that one. pretty cool. I like that one. And it reminds me of the great Renaissance unicorn paintings where they were portrayed as warriors with like a six foot long, very sharp pointed horn. Yeah. Like a narwhal on land. Land wall. Land wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, ah, that was neat. And my final story on the lanes tonight is another one from Arizona. Just a couple states represented tonight. Um, and this is about a big cat that was spotted wandering around the Phoenix Mountain Preserve. And it doesn't look like anything local to the area. It's a big black cat. Mm. And, you know, they've got bobcats and mountain lions, but all black? Right now, it's everyone's best guess. Of course, someone took a shitty video of it, which doesn't help. Some kind of panther? Uh, with identifying, maybe. The only way to know for sure would have been to kill it and then bring in the body, right? Or shoot it with a dart. And- oh, yeah. That's a much nicer thought than I had. Yeah. I just see a big cat pretty approaching. Ru- pretty it- routine to do that. Phoenix, too, you know? This is a high population area. Yeah, true. So, hey, I'm scared for my life. It's a freaking Wolverine, man. You're a freaking panther? Jaguar? I don't, I don't know. know. It's weird. The The video is not of great quality, so it's hard to tell how big the thing is, really. That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, what if it's just a house cat like, and it damn, looks exaggerated? That thing looks big, but then sometimes it doesn't look that big at all. But, yeah. So they talked to the assistant director with the Arizona Game and Fish Department, who said, you know, it it looks big for a house cat, so I'm thinking it was someone's exotic pet that either got loose yeah. or they abandoned. And because it's likely illegal to have that kind of exotic pet, what are you going to do? Say, hey, my panther escaped? Or, you know, you're not going to rat yourself out. Uh, and instead of killing it, well, you just released it into the wild to see how long it makes it. <laughs> good luck. Good luck, kitty cat. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yep. But you know what's not fucked up? What's that? Thanksgiving and giving thanks and eating good food. That's true. It's actually quite wholesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. A holiday I've grown to appreciate in my adulthood. Yeah. I agree. I like Thanksgiving. The vibe is good. Definitely. Especially if you just do it like... It's supposed to be, you know? Just be thankful. Yeah. Thankful for what you got. Thankful for good food and naps. Mmm. Well, I'm thankful for you, bowlers, for hanging out. We will be back at it on Friday. A little Black Friday episode. With Void Zero. Bowls with Buds. Be sure to check it out. And, of course, back next Tuesday night and every Tuesday night. Round 9 Centrals when we take over the knowledge in the stream after DH Unplugged. We will see you then. I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I will always be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. 
It's just the way they talk that checks into it. I'm a supporter of human beings! None of this is good. <laughs> it is on, folks. It is on. It is on! There's all kinds of weird shit. That guy's fucking right. It's not racist, it's fact! I want my weed! Side effect of the marijuana poisoning. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? Shout out. Shout out. Bowl after bowl.com.